Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 21st of March 2017. That is the date. That's it is. Hello. You Hello. are correct. Jesse, uh, would you like to tell everybody what you told us during soundcheck? Oh, for fuck's sake. Do we have to start on Not this note? It must happen. Oh, don't encourage him. I don't want I mean, to tell nothing it. Happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I just burped. Oh, wait, I farted a burp. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to burp. And then it went like, I, w- I went, I would like, another nap and then went like like back down through my body and then came out as a fart and i felt it all it was like and then and it was a weird experience and i shared it in confidence dodger <laughs> you didn't have to you confidence isn't that that's shut. that's something we've all had right such I mean, a quality on. story share that with you yeah. in confidence I'm my sorry. bodily fart <laughs> functions are not a joking matter i'm sorry you're right I shared it with you. How dare you? Sorry. I'm sorry. How dare you? I suspect you're the reason that major publishers don't take me seriously as a critical outlet. <laughs> I I will I accept that blame. I accept, I accept that. Uh, uh, Today's episode brought to you by fart cushions. Have you guys seen those before? No. Like for people for people that have really bad gas and work in an office situation next to other people, um, you can get these cushions get that out are designed of town. to absorb odors. It's like filled with charcoal or something like that. Yeah, Ow. you like fart into it and it holds it in there. <laughs> I what what if you did not replace it in time? What if it reached critical mass? What would happen it would probably then? Probably kill everyone. Yeah, I imagine so. You We're talking really on top of it about a dirty bomb of sorts. So I looked yeah. this up. There's a thing called the Flat D Flatulence Deodorizer Chair Pad. It is a charcoal <laughs> cloth placed on a chair. The user is virtually unaware of the presence of any smells. <laughs> this is why you don't have a Wikipedia page yet. <laughs> I want one. I want one, and I want to include big fan of the flatulence chair, Matt. I think think that's guaranteed at this point. Yeah. You are not a real person if you haven't had at least one heated argument happen between Wikipedia volunteer editors over whether or not you're notable enough to have a Wikipedia page. I I had one, and they took it down. Oh, so you lost (laughs) that argument then. Okay. Yeah, no, no, it's because people keep making one for me, and then Wikipedia's like, no, this person does not deserve one. Immediately removed. It well, Wikipedia, it's it is very dumb. But I gotta say, it's very heartening when you have a group of people arguing both for and against how important you are. <laughs> that in itself is a pretty big ego boost. I have to say, somebody cares, right? Somebody so, yeah, cares. indeed. Yeah. I mean, we all know deep in our hearts that somewhere there's a weird entry in the Yogscast wiki for all of us. That is true. Yeah. I'm in there. I'm, there, I'm yep. in there. Yep. I'm in there. I, I'm in there as well. Yeah. As the significant other of uh, Minecraft YouTuber Strippin. <laughs> yes, that famous Minecraft YouTuber. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Railbro Strippin. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse actually does have a Wikipedia page, incidentally, but it's it's pretty shit compared to mine. Like they're gonna have to work on that one. Well, yeah, internet. Good work. <laughs> you don't even have a photo. I I want one because then it will link to Google. Then I'll look real, like I'm a real person on the internet. I'm so excited. I want this feature. You know, I'm I'm noted as a notable alumnus of my university on Wikipedia. 
My Wikipedia, the university's Wikipedia page has me listed as a notable alumnus, which I think would be extremely damning to that university, frankly. It's like, yeah, uh, we, we gave you at least one YouTuber, so come and join us. We are just the pinnacle of education. Oh my God. Speaking of the pinnacle of education, welcome our special guest, Tarmac, aka the Gnomecast. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute blasty blast to be here. It is going to be fun, no doubt. You do a video series, which I do watch on a fairly regular basis, mostly so I can steal ideas and topics from it, called Feature Creep, alongside thief. some other things. Dirty Thief, yes. Yes, um, I like to so call it Feature Creep. <laughs> yeah, Feature Creep is a, it's a, like a 10-minute editorial. I do a whole bunch of reading into all the boring stuff that nobody else wants to actually read, and then kind of condense it down into something that you can watch in 10 minutes and not hate yourself afterwards. Um, you see, that's the first mistake you made, condensing it down. You've got to get that YouTube red money. Make it a nice 40, <laughs> 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have not had good luck with, with long videos. People get bored of me or I talk too quickly. Or I'm not entirely sure, but it's, it takes it's a good while. stuff. I have fun with it. it it's, I think it's mostly you get your listeners into a almost an abusive relationship with you to the point where your voice is, is soothing to them and they require more of it in order to have peace of mind. Is that Isn't horrific there, in some yeah, way? Knows, knows there's a, a word for that. Right? Yeah. There's Stop content for those people where they just sit there and they're going to just... Oh, ASMR. Just to your voice. Yes. Well, you can ask Grendo about ASMR. He's made genuine, actual ASMR videos. I, I've, I've had more than a few oh. emails that say, hey, I, I go to sleep to your videos, which I, uh, I choose to take as an insult. <laughs> but... <laughs> That does You're not surprise so me that Crandor does that. boring. Yes, we can send you to sleep. I can't sleep, yeah. <laughs> it was a few days ago, I think, I, I got, when we put up the VODs for the latest Shoutcraft Kings tournament, it's like, oh, great, I fell asleep in the first hour of the show. I'm like, God damn it! We were trying to make an exciting tournament. What the hell did we do wrong? Oh, dear. <laughs> Never mind. Can't win them all. Welcome to the Corruptional Podcast. You do occasion we do occasionally talk about video games. I have no doubt that people fall asleep during this show as well, because it is a it's a long one, no doubt about that. It's a podcast. It's it a is. perfect sleep. It's a perfect show. Yeah, so I, that's I always listen to it for. in my car, so if I fall asleep, well, well there won't be, problem, yeah. There won't be another guest spot available for you in the future then. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much. Well we'll make sure your obituary's extremely kind, no doubt. That would be awesome. We've done at least one obituary on this show. I think we're, we're pretty experienced. It was a while ago, remember? Uh, for the for the head Nintendo. We, we said kind things about oh, him. Oh, yes. I'm not sure that really counts as an obituary. I mean, I guess it is, on a loose definition of the word. So yeah, we have a lot of experience. We've done at least one. Let's take it away from the morbid side and to the fun side. We're going to be talking about the video the games that we've been playing this week. I'm just, I am trying my best to really creep out our guests today. And so far, I'm doing a fantastic job by the sounds of it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for working. coming. Thanks yeah. for also, coming. it's really fun watching Jesse try to figure out his webcam. <laughs> he keeps like adjusting it and then it just slowly goes. <laughs> just where it was. So, yeah. Uh, for those of you out there who are like, I want to be the newest streamer. Uh, I'm going to say wait on the 4K Logitech camera. It doesn't have <laughs> an adjustable actual camera bit, so you have to move it and adjust the back of it. It does whatever it wants. It's a beautiful camera. It works really, really well, but the actual equipment is like, why make it this way? I, don't I wonder if it's the same one, uh, same back as the C922 or C923X that I've got, because 
I had, uh, yeah, it is exactly the same, actually. I have had no problems with this. I just- Well, this, it, uh, this one, uh, the, like, the back is, like, a flat thing, and then this part moves. Yeah. This one, the back is, like, ripples, like, little nudgy ripples, that you can move each of those. And oh, then, right. But the actual camera bit, this part, does not move. And huh. so, it's just- such that's a pain. Weird. That seems yeah. a bit wonky, well, honestly. So what you need is you need to sit on one of those those uh, fart absorbing pillows to get you a little bit, you know, a little higher. Right. Yeah, boost yeah. it up a little bit. Or I could oh, lower yeah, my monitor, but I ain't gonna do that. No, <laughs> that you, you're at optimal gaming height. You know, right? you're gonna, your frags per <laughs> second will go down if you adjust it too much. Beware of that. I'm with you on that. I get that's it. A I follow all the statistics. As a pro first person shooter player, Jesse, I'm sure that's of high concern to you. See you guys all my. CSGO stream after this. You're going to be unboxing knives, aren't you? That's <laughs> where all the money it. is. It's where the money is. <laughs> I can all times. I'm all expecting a, a dodging ga dodgy gambling site like <laughs> coxcoins.com. Yeah. There we go. Brand new site registered yesterday. Yeah, coxcoins.com. Go get yourself Cox some. Coxcoins. Yeah. <laughs> go earn yourself some coxcoins. Gamble them on these rare skins. Mm-hmm. Oh my. <laughs> Games we've been playing this week, we're going to be talking about that. I have no doubt Mass Effect is going to feature heavily, and I may very well start with the show with that topic, because that's a fun one. Yeah, and there's not really much in the news from, but I'm sure we'll come up with something over the next couple of hours. We're totally prepped for this show. And the releases this week have been culled by Jesse Cox. Super culled is such a short list. I was like, awesome. Well, that's <laughs> great. He hasn't actually sent them to me yet. So, oh no, there we go. Oh, uh, no, that's a, oh, oh wow, you really have chopped that one down. You do there not want to be of, here. There was a lot of shit. You do not want to be here. All right. Okay. Cool. There was just a lot of shit and I was like, all right. Hey, this game has a cool premise but looks like crap. I don't want to feature you. Move look, on. All this I, game I am happy that you kept the one board game in there that I recognize. I actually have a physical copy of Steam Rails to Riches. I'm glad you kept that one in there. That means you're thinking not, of like, me. I know, I know good. Yeah, I, I think about you guys and I think about what people want to see. And most of it's, honestly, most of the games this week were like VR garbage. And I was oh, like, yeah. instant delete. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, that's, it's sad. I'm still setting up my, I, I've got my old PC and I put it in the media room and I'm setting it up with, uh, all the sensors and everything, and let's just say there's a lot of cables. When you've got three Oculus sensors and two Vive sensors and a bunch of HDMI cables and all sorts of things like that, it starts to get a little tricky to set up. I also installed three USB controller cards in it because I don't trust the Vive or the Oculus not to break horribly. So each thing has its own separate USB controller card, all of its own, just to run on, because I have a feeling it will break otherwise. Oh dear, it's a pain all in the ass to run those all things. All you highfalutin VR folks, all I've got is the uh, little... Uh, the gear? Samsung Gear VR hey, behind me on the guitar. You know, I still Which think... Actually, I, it's not bad. It's good! I've, I think I've used the gear more than any other VR, just because on a plane, it's fucking awesome. People give you funny looks, but you can't see them because you're on the moon at that time. So you don't <laughs> give a fuck. It, what, even just to watch a movie, it gives you this feeling of space. It has done wonders for my fucking flight anxiety. And if we hit turbulence, I just go on the roller coaster simulation and it feels normal again. It's perfect. <laughs> the, the best little app that I found in there is the, the public speaking thing. Right. So it, it puts you in front of the crowd and you can oh, really? see people there. They're just they're just staring at you. Right. It's just a, a 360 degree video. You can look around at the stage mm -hmm. and and you're just standing there. So you could do a speech do just, you know, ad hoc or whatever. 
And, and it actually makes you feel nervous as though you're in front of a whole bunch of people. Damn. It was you, really quite slick. We, we did like talk a couple of times briefly about the potential therapeutic utility of VR. The ability to use it to get over anxiety and all sorts of things like that as a relaxation tool. You know, that, that's, that's yet another thing. You know, that could very well be the replacement for practicing your speech in front of the mirror. Being mm -hmm. able to do it in front of that. And then, hey, you know, you, then you develop an app. Hey, you could even get voice recognition that recognizes intonation. And maybe if you pause for too long, the crowd gets antsy, you know. You could genuinely yeah. develop something truly useful with that. Like yeah. It's, yeah, just giving you sort of a little bit of experience with various phobias, right? Heights and spiders and snakes and enclosed spaces and all of that, you know, while you're, you know that you're totally safe. <laughs> no, <laughs> strongly disagree. <laughs> you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't want spiders in VR, Jesse? He, I don't fears, he fears the VR shark that he knows can pop up at any time in any uh, game. There's already VR sharks. That's, that's my problem, is that games that don't even have them, I'm like, there's the potential that they could be here, I'm out. Isn't there one? There's one that has VR sharks, isn't there? Oh, there's one already where literally, that's the whole thing is a shark attacks you, but like, yeah. the one that everyone seems to have played where you're just underwater and there's a whale and he just goes by and he's like, Ooh, right? Yeah. It's so sweet and innocent and nothing scary about it, but the entire time I'm like, fucking sharks under here, I know this shit. <laughs> If there's food down here, there's sharks. I ain't dumb. And I kept, I wasn't even paying attention to the whale that's like, hey, Jesse. I'm like, no whale. No. <laughs> I need to come, stay alert. Come yeah. to me. Come I'm not hiding Someday a you'll shark. be playing a, you know, rock climbing uh, game or something like that and a, rock, or a shark will jump out and attack you. Oh, and oh, that. Uh, they'll, they'll throw that in just for you. The last, the last Far Cry, I was laughing because like, we're up in the mountain. No sharks and shit can get me. It was eagles. Fucking eagles fly down to attack you. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I have had a moment like that with every fucking Far Cry game. I still remember one of the most popular videos I ever did was all because of a fucking alligator that jumped out of the river at me while I was talking weapon recoil mechanics. And I just oh, started I screaming so in the middle of the video. It feels like, well, why do you record all your videos live in one take? Well, you know, for WTF is anyway. It's like, for moments like that. That's mm. why. It's... It, I, I will never forget. I think it scarred me for life, actually, at this point. All I right. have trust issues because of those games. I, I don't, don't blame you. I jump in water in a video game, and the first thing I think of is there's some fucking thing in Something's here. Something's in it. I gotta kill. You know what? It's a there lamprey. There rarely is, but still, you're like... <laughs> God. All right. Sure, let's move on to the biggest controversy I've seen, certainly, over the last couple of weeks over a video game of any sort. Mass Effect... Andromeda. I fully expect this to eat a lot of time on the show. First things first, raise your hand if you've actually played it in any form. What if you mess around with the only the character creation? Well, I, d I bet you've got a lot to say about that because it ain't very good. There's no doubt about that. And, <laughs> and uh, by um, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, I know for a fact, Dodger, that Strippin has played multiplayer with me. Oh, yeah. I've, I've watched the Mass Effect. Yeah, if that counts. Uh, I mean, I guess it does. It it probably counts more than most people's opinion, which seems to be based on a five second GIF at this point. So I, I feel but you're more informed than most. All of those GIFs are fucking hilarious. Yes, there was no the doubt. Waddling down the stairs is great. Oh god! Uh, we, oh my we, god! Going down the stairs and staying in a crouched position. Yeah, is I had that like, once. Oh my god! It makes me want we to cry laugh. laugh so with there were 12,000 watching on stream at that point, and we were laughing our ass off for a good minute on that one. We're like, the gravity plate gets malfunctioned. Oh, God. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We, the reviews obviously have come out. They're mixed 
certainly. Uh, there really has not been any review outlet that has completely panned it yet. It wouldn't surprise me if we get one or two over the next couple of weeks. But it's getting... Not that I put much stock in scores, but it's getting sevens and eights at most. A, a couple of nines, but from smaller outlets. For a triple A release, that's considered low by a lot of people. But considering the noise, I would say, before release, which was, for the most part, as a result of two things. The fact that they had a staged embargo, whereby the first five hours could be previewed by any outlet that had code about a week before the full review embargo, and they put out a 10-hour Origin Access trial. There were a lot of impressions of the early game, and this was all before the final reviews came out, and a lot of those impressions had a lot of negativity in them for a wide variety of different reasons, but the elephant in the room was <coughs> animation quality, particularly when it came to faces in the game. Let's be honest, they're pretty gnarly. I Some haven't, of them are really bad. I haven't seen anything that looks bad enough to, like, march on Washington, right? Like, some Trump, people no. are so upset about it. I'm like, I mean, some of them look real dumb, but not so dumb that I'd be like, this game is garbage! Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. I think the outrage is, like, a little over the top, uh, but the basic premise that they're jank is not wrong. Like the yeah. faces are not good, no. but it's not like game ruining that the, cause you're still playing a game where like half the time you're staring at like the back of a person as they run through shit. So More it's than not half like, the time in this game. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so of the open world deal. nature of it. Plus let's be honest, every Bioware game, you spend 45 minutes trying to make the perfect character. Then when you get in the game, it looks totally different than what you made. <laughs> That's every time. It always looks a little bit different than what you made. So it, I think this is, people are losing their minds over nothing on this, but. I mean, still I, I think it's, it is fair in a game where, you know, it's highly story and highly character driven to be upset when it's pretty obvious that the character's lip sync isn't working properly if you're playing the female rider, the animations are significantly worse than the male rider. The male also, rider looks a lot more natural than the female rider. I'm playing a female rider and she's so twitchy. Same. Her eyes are yeah. all over the place. It's the it's mostly the eyes that are, that they've got a problem with. The right. all of the characters' eyes seem to be a little too big for the sockets, which is weird, and they occasionally flick off at random almost like a nervous tick. And it's quite disturbing to watch, actually. Well, it's, it's almost like they move too fast and too far when they're yes. looking from side to side. Like, it's, it's just a little bit too much that takes it outside of believable. Yeah. It's by no means the first time that Mass Effect, or indeed a Bioware game, has had problems with the face. Do right. you remember back in the day the I'm going, my face is going to space bug? Where? <laughs> yeah. I, I'll see if I can find a video of that. I think that was in Dragon Age, probably, where the head the head twists around and attempts to launch itself. Ah, here we go. Yes, it was in Dragon Age. In, uh, was this the original Dragon Age? I think maybe it was. Yes. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is Alistair's head attempting to escape the bounds of the mortal realm. There we go. Uh, and that's <laughs> Can't a, wait. Yeah, that was in the original Dragon Age. Uh, Mass Effect had some face animation issues as well. Inquisition did as well. Bioware's never been particularly incredible 
in that regard. Uh, Inquisition had a no head whatsoever bug. I know that, uh, where yep. the head model would just disappear. It's good, isn't it? before that's really good it's 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 high it's some high quality stuff here's the uh the bug with uh, no head whatsoever both these guys dueling have no heads <laughs> and here's the interesting thing of course that while edmonton certainly consulted and helped this was not made by the main bioware studio it wasn't even made by the austin studio responsible for uh, the kotor mmo no this was made by bioware montreal this is their first game they were formed five years ago to be a support studio for the main Bioware studios, basically doing the grunt work. So they have never been asked to do a full-on AAA game before. That does not excuse any of this. I just want to point out, I'm not whitewashing it and saying that, yeah, this is totally fine for a AAA $60 release. It's not, Mm -hmm. but it is, at least that gives people some degree of understanding as to why it may not be as polished as some of the other Bioware games. Yeah. Right. And they're, they're they're not inexperienced developers out there either. Like they th- these are people that still know their job, but it's Absolutely. their first, you know, first entrant into the franchise itself. I mean, it, you look through the credits and there are a lot of names that uh, up at the top, mostly. I mean, you're talking about your leads and directors and producers and all that uh, that have been involved throughout. I recognize yes. a couple of names from from Edmonton that were listed as the sort of, you know, early development team. So likely that's what happened is that after Mass Effect 3, it started here in Edmonton and then got portioned out or portioned out somewhere else. I'm curious what Edmonton's working on now, but that's just right. me. Yeah, I believe there was a recent brief blog post about that that didn't really reveal a lot. Only it said, hey, you know, there's something happening, probably new yeah. IP. But it's it's worthy of criticism, but there was a really interesting point that somebody brought up during my stream yesterday as I was kind of going on saying, look, you know, there's definitely issues here, but we've been streaming, you know, we've I've played now, you know, 15 hours of the game. I can point to maybe five or six instances of terrible animation that were extremely brief. Some instances of this isn't great, but it's reasonable. And most of the instances have been, this is fine. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing uh, Nothing incredible. In fact, there's yeah. even been a couple of cutscenes where I've been like, wow, that looked great every now and again. It depends on the character. There have also been elements of the dialogue where I've said, I've just said, what on earth are you talking about? But that's probably been about three or four instances over the course of 15 hours. My face is tired is probably the standout. That's what a lot of people have seen. Uh, uh, what's his name? Luke or Lu- Lucius or Lu- Lucio? He kind of looks a bit like Lucio, honestly. Uh, he's said some things that don't make a lot of sense. But outside of that, not a huge amount. And something that someone pointed out in the chat is, the thing is, we as spectators, we don't get to play the game. We're not experiencing the combat gameplay that you're experiencing. We're not getting the control experience. We're not able to control the characters directly. We're not driving around in the Nomad Rover and doing sick jumps off hills and all that kind of thing. So all we can do is watch. And as a result, through watching, because we're not focused on playing the game, we're more focused on the aesthetic aspect of the game. So we are more bothered by these things than you are. Right. Which was a very interesting point that I'd never really thought of before and is very applicable to the streaming age. You know, the fact that not everybody now consumes games by playing them. Some consume by watching and they're going to notice these things and that's going to be a bigger deal to them. I never thought about that, actually. I mean, it's, it's the same. You look at something like like Hearthstone. I mean, the reason why it works in streaming and not in tournaments, as you know, has been talked about before, is that you can see both sides. 
right? But you're you're constantly having people on their side uh, watching the stream, thinking about all the things that they would do, all the stuff that they want yes. to influence. Yeah. Right? So it, yeah, they're not controlling the camera in Mass Effect. They're just watching wherever you happen to stick it. Yeah, and they're hearing the dialogue. They're not making any choices. And yeah, if there are problems with the dialogue, that's going to be very noticeable for them. I noticed people uh, picking out parts of cutscenes that, that I didn't even notice because I was focused on what the person was saying and maybe like what a manic's response was going to be. And they were looking off in the far right corner where somebody was doing the Fandango on a cliff face or whatever for no reason. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's actually a, a very fair point. And of course, if you've only experienced the game through its absolute worst highlights, through GIFs and funny YouTube videos, you're probably going to have a pretty goddamn bad impression of it. Right. And, and you're also looking for the funny moments too, right? It's become Naturally. such a meme already. So now they're sitting there watching your stream thinking, okay, where's the, where's the next awful thing going to be? Let's find it and point it out to everybody. Yeah, yeah. The, it, it's definitely become a bandwagon. There's no doubt about that. People have now been digging to the point where some of the stuff they dig up is like, is that really as bad as you're claiming it to be? You know, right. we had a few people come to the chat. It's like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, really? This is the worst thing you've ever seen? Are you sure about that? Like, that's that's some standards that even I don't hold. You know, that's those are ludicrously high standards. I don't think this is the worst thing I've ever seen at all. It's definitely jank in many places. It's not as polished as it should be. I'm not going to excuse any of that. There are frequent bugs, but honestly, a lot of the none of the bugs that I've encountered have in any way affected my ability to play the game. They've all been cosmetic related bugs. You know, I had my one of my squad mates just standing in midair at one point. And I've had my squad mates sort of sink into the ground occasionally. It didn't make a damn I, bit of difference because as soon as yeah, I move, I, they I just teleport. Like that too. They just teleport uh, right back up. You know, it doesn't affect their ability to fight uh, or to actually do anything. You can still hear their dialogue. They're, they're bugs that are very cosmetic in nature, and I have a hard time being so bothered by them because the stuff that I am actually doing in the game is pretty damn compelling. I've really enjoyed, and bear in mind a lot of people have said that this is the weakest planet in the entire game, the first real big planet you get to, Eos, I actually really enjoyed my experience there. Now, I went through it, spent probably about six or seven hours there, there's way more to do if I want to, and also there are reasons to come back. I want to avoid spoilers here, but of course people know that your goal is to try and find habitable worlds or make worlds habitable for the expedition to the Andromeda Galaxy. That's your goal as the Pathfinder. And I find that a compelling goal, and the way that we went about it on the first planet was pretty damn great. It was well-paced. I never felt like I was being sent off on bullshit fetch quests. Compared to the Hinterlands, in Dragon Age Inquisition, <laughs> it's phenomenally well-paced. The Hinterlands is bullshit. It's full of awful MMO-like fetch quests, and I haven't run into a single one of those yet. Every single one has been tied into the story in some way. Every single one has been relevant. There's been a good amount of world-building. I mean, hell, the only fetch quest that I had was, you got to collect three pieces of this thing, and it got a payoff. There was a giant space gorilla that tried to murder me. So it's not like you just hand it in and get XP. No, it triggered a big boss fight and a story-related event. So I don't mind finding those three things. I also should point out they placed them in logical places that you would have found them on the way to the next objective anyway. So I didn't have to go off the beaten path to grab them, which was great. I found a lot of the same things. I mean, most of the problems that I've had are, are minor bugs. They're animation-related. 
Um, you know, you kill an enemy and it's stuck vertically in a T pose, like it would be if it's not animated at all. Or in the multiplayer, there's those those big sort of rock deals uh, that are walking around, and they they clip through all kinds of nonsense, and they they kind yes. of sort of teleport from place to obviously not intended to teleport, but they'll kind of hop around. Yeah, there um, are some teleporting enemies, but not those. That's most of the issues with it. Um, you know, and the the thing that's neat about the side quest stuff and how it's almost like as soon as you take a different plot and a different kind of story world that you're going to be in some of the same old mechanics that don't make sense in a game like fallout where you have to you know you're supposed to be saving your son so why would you stop and do menial nonsense you're supposed to be finding a place for humanity to live like that's that's what's going on here yeah, they have a mechanic as well for that that's uh, called Andromeda Points. Basically, it's called Planet Viability and Andromeda Points. It's both of those things. All of the quests that you do contribute to this kind of gamey meter, which is like, this is how viable this planet is now. Even the slightest things, because that is an umbrella for everything, not just the planet now has less radiation on it so we can set up habitats. It's like morale is not cri critically low anymore because you did something to inspire people. Right. I found that whole thing super fucking compelling. I don't buy into the whole heroism aspect of most video games because a lot of it is like, you're saving the world and you're the only one that can do it. In this case, it actually makes a certain degree of sense that you're like the only one that can because as it turns out, again, trying to avoid major spoilers, everyone's shit. <laughs> Everybody, like they have been there for a while. This happens when the first, you know, uh, bit of the game. These guys have been there for a while and they have accomplished nothing. Nothing. They have been basically at each other's throats the entire time until you came along as part of the Pathfinder program. And as soon as you come along, what do they say to you? Yeah, we don't have any hope in you because frankly, the last year has been utter shit and we don't think you can do a damn thing. And then you go out and prove them wrong and, you know, grudgingly earn respect from people. And then there's political intrigue regarding the factions and all that sort of thing involved. But everything that I'm doing, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm helping. I'm genuinely helping. And there's even that mechanic to demonstrate that I'm helping because that viability is going up and up and up and I'm getting rewards for it. And that's even, you know, increasing the level of access of things I have to the Nexus, which is the main hub point. So the, the Nexus starts to gradually get better. Even the planets, you can call these colonies down and it completely changes the nature of the map i've now got this big ass colony where there was just a dust bowl previously that now has a bunch of quests and stuff going on in it and supposedly if i come back later logically there's going to be more stuff for me to do as well so there's a good reason for me to revisit the planet and check on how it's doing right i like that um it sounds like because that's kind of similar to what they tried to do with Inquisition. Yes. Right? They, they tried to have this thing that you were working toward. The war effort, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you've you've helped the Inquisition. You've helped the war effort by doing these kind of fiddly little things. It sounds like they learned a lot from that and were able to yeah. kind of fine tune it. I would agree with that. They have taken that concept, but made sure that the stuff that you do makes logical, contextual sense in terms of helping out, in terms of making things better. There are obviously major story-driven quests that, you know, are going to make a huge difference to the viability of the planet, but then there's those little things that make things just a little bit better. 
And I am a bit motivated to make these this pl- shitty-ass dust bowl of a planet 100% viable. And I'll tell you this again, not wanting to spoil, some people that watch on the stream know what I'm talking about, but you do genuinely make a big difference to the planet in terms of its terrain, how it looks, and all that sort of thing. And it feels pretty good. It feels, it's a payoff. It's a really good payoff to all the shit that you've done. Right. Not to mention, I will say that the combat is vastly improved over the previous games. Oh god, the jump jet is so awesome. Yep. That <laughs> Strippen has been waxing lyrical about the combat and the multiplayer because of the mobility you have. You don't have to stick and cover anymore all the right. time because you've got a, everyone has a jump jet of some sort and everybody has an air dash of some sort, which basically is on almost zero cooldown. So you can keep using it all the time. And if you stay mobile, you don't even have to be in cover most of the time. You can dodge bullets instead of just hiding behind a box, which means that the play style is a lot more mobile, it's a lot more kinetic, and it makes more classes viable, and it means more play styles are viable as well. And that and, and also the, applies the to the single player. designed for that too, right? I mean, you can't just hide behind a box. They've got various abilities that are designed specifically to get you out from behind the box, you know, and the yeah. en- enemies that you're fighting. Yeah, and some of the cover is destructible as well, so you can't stay behind it the entire time. So they, they looked they looked at the complaints that people had about Mass Effect 3's multiplayer and said, right, well, let's let's fix that. And it helps in the single player as well because you have so much mobility. I mean, I compare it to Inquisition where you're riding around on the slowest horse in the universe. You either have kick-ass fucking Moon Rover that has six-wheel drive mode that lets you climb up almost vertical surfaces and has a boost and has a jump jet, or you can get on foot and use jump jets and that lets you, you know, scale mountains and uh, cross platforms with the greatest of ease, which to me is much more enjoyable. You know, it, make, it makes traversing the world a lot more fun than previous Mass Effect games. So there's a lot of I, stuff I going re- on with that. I really enjoy it. I the the whole idea of being able to just hop over things. I mean, it's it, and it's something so silly too, right? You're just wandering across terrain. Well, you know, I don't want to go around that rock. I'm just going to jump over it. It 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 feels neat. Um, yeah. it, it just makes you feel like a badass. And, yeah, I enjoy it. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. How do you guys feel about the UI? It's shit. Like, yeah? There's definitely, there's, that is a legitimate criticism. The, the biggest problem I have with it is not the UI while you're playing the game, while you're in combat. It's the UI for every menu. Mm. It's all unnecessarily... Uh, what's the best word Bio-word. to describe it? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one, yes. It, it, there's a lot of form over function going on. There's a lot of wasted space. And to do something generally takes two more menus than it should by any right. Here's an example of that. So the crafting system in the game is very in-depth, very complicated. There's a lot of stuff going on with it. There's research and development. You can add augmentations to weapons that you're currently crafting, which permanently change the nature of that weapon. And then you can mod the weapons after they've been made. Not to mention there are five levels of every weapon that are all better than each other. And of course, crafting all that stuff requires a wide variety of different materials that you can either buy or gather from various areas, right? So you think, all right, there's a lot to that. Well, the problem that I have with it is that Finding out, one, what the item even does is one menu further down than it has any right to be. Basically, you go to the research screen and it lists the items on the left in this stupid curved menu that doesn't have anywhere near as many things in it that it should. So you've got to scroll down for shit. And you click the item and it gives you a lore-based description of the item, not what it actually does. If you want to find out what it does, you have to go to another sub-menu under that in crafting and then it gives you the stats and tells you what you need to build it. Uh Uh-huh, which means that 
I was I was thinking, right, I'm going to do some research and development. What I wanted to know, again, was what the fuck does this thing do? And what am I going to have to get in order to build it once I've done the research? But in order to find that information out, I'm having to go down like two more menus than I should. So that means that there's so much stuff to craft and so many different materials to gather. It's really hard to remember what the fuck I'm supposed to be looking for. And you know, There's sorry, something on the multiplayer side that that is kind of like that too, where it's almost like the way that they organize the menus are reversed. So I, I was playing in the multiplayer just to kind of poke around and I, I go to look, okay, they've clearly they've got boxes of some variety and you can go and you can buy these stupid boxes. Yeah. I didn't discover that I had a bunch of free boxes from like the tutorial and owning inquisition and a couple of other things until I had already gone in to look at what boxes you could buy. Yeah. It's normally under another sub menu, isn't it? Yeah, normally, like, that would be a notification that would be right there as soon as you're in multiplayer. Hey, you have five boxes to open. Come over here. And then also, there's a link to the store, right? Like, that's, but it's it's reversed. It's just, I, I don't know. It's a little mm -hmm. odd. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it seems like it was designed by people that aren't used to playing video games. And you can argue, well, they made the menus with consoles in mind as a priority, but I don't I don't buy that for a second. There's nothing yeah. stopping them putting that information on the screen. There's a huge amount of wasted space. Uh, you know, another example, which is just dumb as hell, is the class menu, also known as profiles. You can multi-class in this game. You can actually switch actively between classes pretty much whenever you want, as long as you have enough points in a certain tree to unlock that profile. And then if you want to focus on one, you put more points into it and it levels that profile up. So you've got a ton of flexibility. There's huge amounts of combat abilities and stuff that you can use. If you get bored of one thing, you can just switch out to another immediately. Fixes one of the main problems that Mass Effect had, that it asked you to commit early on in the game to a role that you don't even know if you're going to enjoy. So that right. was their fix for it, and I applaud them for that. I think it's good. But on the side, it tells you the bonuses that that profile gives you. And the information box is just slightly too small to fit everything in. So you have to scroll down for about three more lines of information. And I'm like, no, no, there's, look at all this space. Look at it. There's, look at all this wasted space everywhere. There was no need for this. This is ridiculous. The icing on the cake, they put in your ship, which is an awesome ship, but in your ship, you've got a crafting station, which is right next to a vendor terminal. They didn't combine the two. They put them within one foot of each other. If you want to buy materials to craft shit, you can't do it from that same menu. You've got to go out of the crafting menu, take one step to the right, and then access the vendor menu, and then take one step to the left to go back oh to the crafting. God, that's obnoxious. Yes! It's like, who designed this? Like, all of this could have really easily been all amalgamated into one kiosk. It's like, oh, you're missing this. Do you want to buy it from the vendor? You know? That... It's quality of life, usability stuff that is all yeah. just lacking. I'm just like, wh what are you doing? What is, have you played video games before? Did you even play your own game more to the point? But it's pretty. Yeah, that's obviously that their, their argument, isn't it? It's pretty, yeah. Uh, it, Until thankfully- eyes open. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't have to spend that much time in the menus. But when you do, you're you're just you're really anticipating it being a shit show, and it usually is. It's like this is just this could all have been amalgamated. This could have been way easier to control than it is. Why is everything so split up? Why is everything three menus down? The codex is a nightmare to read. 
because there's so many subcategories of subcategories of subcategories. And I'll also say that in terms of teaching you systems, the game does a piss poor job. Things like the mining system in the game when you're in your rover, it doesn't explain anything. All it says is, you can mine here, open your mining computer. That's it. That's all it says. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just going to launch all a probe right. then. <laughs> Nothing happens. I'm like, well, what? Turns out the system is quite similar to the Mass Effect 3 sort of scanning system on planets. So you've got to move the rover around to find the optimal mining spot and then drop a drone on it. It didn't tell you any of that. The only reason I knew it is because somebody had figured it out in the Twitch chat because they played it. There's no tutorial for it. The crafting system is the same. Barely any tutorial for how it works. I made an augment thinking, oh, I'll just be able to add that to a weapon. No, you have to add the augment to a thing that you are currently crafting. Didn't explain what? that. It, it sounds about as confusing and nonsensical as the Dragon Age Inquisition crafting system. Yes, like, I think, I think it may very well be. Too much. There's too much there. I, I get, this is, it, crafting systems are just like open world games. I get the desire to be like, it's, you can go anywhere. You can do anything. And in crafting, like, there's so many layers. And then you can add this to this and make this. At a certain point, you're like, what the fuck is this doing in a video game? Like, it's too much. Yeah. It is Bring a bit overkill. A yeah. Especially if you don't explain it properly. That's, mm -hmm. that is just a pain. And there are numerous systems that they just don't even bother to really explain. Uh, the scanning system as well, when you fly your ship to a system to scan anomalies, it doesn't explain that very well either. And there's little annoyances here and there, like the fact it takes about 22, actually specifically 22 seconds to fly between planets. And I'm not talking about planets that you're necessarily going to land on, just planets that might have a thing on them. There's also like a completion thing where you've got to fly to every planet in the system. Every time you do that, it takes 22 seconds to do it just to get a little bit of lore. I'm like, why did you add this? Like, it's unskippable. There's no need for it. If it was hiding a load screen on a planet you could land on, I would get it, but it's not in the vast majority of times. People are like, oh, yeah, it's for immersion. Yeah, I my immersion is something I don't care about after three or four of those. Like, I don't, I don't give a damn. I'm glad that you can spend a long time on a planet, and there's almost no loading screens anywhere on these big planets. Like, there's a big initial load, but they load the whole terrain for you, and they keep it in the, the, the memory, and it works really well. But when you're flying between those worlds just to get little bits of lore or completions on systems, it is a pain in the dick. So mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not happy with that at all. But what I'll say is, in my opinion, it is a it, it is a compelling game. I'm finding it a very fun game, but it is flawed as hell. Some of this stuff is going to be hard to fix. I have a feeling they're never going to really fix the animations properly and the facial stuff. Um, Jesse, as you probably noticed, the customization for your character is not good. I mean, I don't think it ever really has been, but I think Andromeda does not do a good job with it. Um, Sam literally, Sam got home at like 3.30 in the morning, I think, because chat, when he was playing the first part of Mass Effect, chat was roasting him so hard about how ugly his character was that he redid everything that he did during the stream God damn with a it. new character. Because he was like, if my entire time playing this game is going to be everybody telling me my character looks bad, it's just going to be a fucking nightmare. So he redid everything, chat. He redid <laughs> all of it. So don't give him shit today. I swear to God, I'll find you. <laughs> I, I, I will say this about this game. Um, the it's very obvious that a game like this 
with the flaws that it has, people are willing to pick apart things because the overall game has so many flaws. They're focusing on, they're like hyper-focusing on shit because they're just overly angry. And a good example of the exact opposite, I completely think is Horizon Zero Dawn, a game that many, many people love, but fuck me, the lip syncing is terrible. The The lip syncing in that game is unreasonably bad. And no one seems to care because the rest of the game is fun. And that's one of those things where had Mass Effect Andromeda, the rest of the game been cool, a crappy face here or there wouldn't have mattered all that much. The thing is, I'd argue, I'd argue it is cool. Like, the, it, the start is a bit slow, but no slower than any of the other Mass Effect games, really. No slower than any of the other Bioware games, really. I think probably the best start I've ever seen in a Bioware game was some of the Origins for Dragon Age Origins. Not all of them. Played a fucking Wood Elf, it was absolute shit, and I wasn't keen on the Dwarf start either, but there were definitely some... Uh, City Elf, I think, was a fantastic start, and both of the humans, I think, had great starts as well. But honestly, Bioware has never really been great with that, and they've always followed the same formula of unavoidable starting zone that's quite small, mm-hmm. non-fighty hub that you're stuck in for a while until you've talked to enough people, now big more open area but you can't leave it till you're done then open up go anywhere you want that's the basic formula of your bioware games progression this game and follows then, that pretty much to a t and then it crushes down at the end that's at i uh, uh back 10 god 11 12 years ago um i i worked at bioware got to do some qa stuff on jade empire um and Great that game. was that Love was that that was their internal dialogue was, was exactly that it's you start out narrow you expand into you know however many different paths you're going to let people have and then you crush it back at the end crush it, yeah that's the bioware model yep it is and they stuck to that and the thing is that that is exactly why the game had mixed first impressions because the start of it is it's all right it's there's nothing in it that blew my mind the nexus is not as interesting as the citadel was I mean, the start is, for all intents and purposes, Mass Effect 1 start. Might as well have been. Pretty much the same, even in terms of how long it takes you to go through it. You know? Hostile planet, blah, 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 shoot some dudes, arrow, go to the central hub, talk to some people, keep talking to some people until they eventually let you fucking go, and then go to first big area. That's the formula. But the thing is, the Citadel, despite being sticking you in, uh, inside for hours was really interesting. It was cool to explore, meet the different people. It was t- full of interesting characters to see, new races. Uh, I spent a ton of time talking to the Hana, to the Elcor, just exploring, finding out what was going on, you know, seeing if I could have sexy time with Asari, all that kind yeah. of thing. The Nexus does not have that. There are more annoying characters on the Nexus than there are intriguing characters on the Nexus. The first woman you meet... I wanted a renegade interrupt to punch her in her stupid, tired face. I really did. Apparently, I've now earned her grudging respect, and frankly, I don't even want it. She can go fuck herself. <laughs> but Damn. She, but I found... Wasn't that, wasn't that a Mass Effect 1 thing? You could punch the reporter, or was that yep, 2? Yeah, punch the reporter was in 1 and 2, I think. Possibly even 3, actually. The, the, <laughs> the uh, conversation interrupts do exist, but they're no longer tied into a morality system. Essentially, they've kind of done... You remember KOTOR 2 system? Where it was all about uh, what you were... Your influence on your followers? 
So if you were doing evil shit, you know, people would have a reaction relative to that and they'd maybe become evil as a result of you doing that and they'd change their personality. They've done something similar to that, but with a bit more subtle in, at this point. It's not a morality meter, it's just these guys do, do keep track of what you do, what they approve of, what they don't approve of. You know, it is an approve and disapprove system, basically, but less obvious than it was in Origins that also had that system. Uh, so no morality anymore, just the dialogue wheel but what i've heard which actually may very well explain some of the stilted dialogue although certainly not any of the npc dialogue there's more dialogue in this game than all the three other mass effect games combined and your response style changes depending on the responses you made previously the game starts to figure out your personality and even if you pick the sarcastic response at some point in the game if you've been super loving and compassionate your sarcastic response will be less biting Whereas if you've been a bit of a meanie, your sarcastic response will probably be more insulting. They actually recorded variant lines for all of this stuff, which to me may very well explain some of the dodgy dialogue, because I don't think you can interchange so many different lines in a conversation and have all of them sound as good. They're not all going to sound quite as natural. They're going to sound more stilted. That's not an excuse at all. Maybe they just shouldn't have done that system. Right. I'd be fine with a... Antag a protagonist that didn't speak. I'd be okay with the origin system again. Silent protagonist. Yeah. I would like to see. Uh, I'd like to see somebody do a little bit of footage, and and maybe I'll do it myself. Um, of what it looks like, what the facial animations are like, depending on the different style of line, um, doing the same line over and over again. Because a lot of this, a lot of the facial animation stuff is done by hand. I mean, they they're they're choosing that the eyes need to move over here because that's where the character's going, and that kind like that's. So if they have more dialogue in the game than any other that they've ever had. And they've got different variants for the same line. Like there, that could be why the animation stuff is rough because it was rushed. They just didn't have enough time. to I do have it. no doubt it was rushed. Well, uh, yeah, there was there were so many articles that came out being like, Mass Effect Andromeda has eight hundred speaking characters or some shit yeah. like that. I was like, that seems like too much. <laughs> Definitely, you know, we thought that the Old Republic had too much VO, and let's be honest, was all the VO and writing in the Old Republic good? no <laughs> no it absolutely not i mean come on skyrim got by with like three voice actors uh, skyrim also got by with exactly the same animation problems and fucking bugs as this game did and everybody hand waved it away because it was a bethesda game same with fucking fallout 4 that had also major yeah. performance problems oh, as well uh, we keep going back to, oh, Jeff Gersman gave it 2.5 stars, rightfully, because there were a ton of problems and it was performing like shit. And then, you know, the Pip-Boy Armada descended upon him and said that he was just trying to get attention because Jeff Gersman needs fucking attention, right? It, yeah. Pff, fucking <laughs> ridiculous. It, there's definitely a double standard. And like I said, I think there is um, a huge bandwagon regarding it, but there is no doubt in my mind this game is flawed as fuck. Whether or not you will enjoy it depends on your priorities. If you are interested in well-written dialogue, why are you playing Bioware games? But if you are interested in well-written dialogue, really, really good character interactions, and obviously great cutscenes, etc., and facial animation, no, they're not there. And that is a viable reason, a good reason for you not to buy it. But if you're more interested in the fantasy of being an explorer in a new galaxy, somebody that is trying to save this group of disparate colonists from annihilation by forging a path and leading the way and establishing viable colonies if you enjoy the combat if you enjoy the rover aspects of it 
which I do, by the way. That Rover's super fun to drive. It's like a Mako, but good. It's much, much more fun than any other vehicle I've played around with in those games. And if you also happen to enjoy a lot of crafting and skill and character customization in terms of what the character can do, as opposed to what they're role-playing, then this game is very strong in those respects. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's going to come down to, I think, for most people. W- what is their priority? Is it, Are these things a deal-breaker for them or not? Right. And we need to stop pretending that a 7 out of 10 is a bad score. Good yeah. lord. We had yeah, this we discussion. Yeah, Jim Sterling and his his things with uh, Zelda. We definitely have to... We need to stop pretending that that is the case. Uh, we also do stop pretending that IGN is capable of going below a 7.7 for a AAA game. <laughs> Unless, apparently, it's uh, Alien Isolation. I don't know what was going on with that one. I think they gave it a 5.9. But either way, it is a very flawed game that has severe polish issues. But in my opinion, the polish issues are stuff that is superficial and doesn't impede my enjoyment of the game. It's mostly just things for me to laugh at and roll my eyes at, as opposed to say, well, my experience is ruined. My immersion has now been shattered because somebody doesn't speak quite the way that I would have expected them to speak. That doesn't really bother me that much. And my experience in the multiplayer has been excellent so far. It's been a lot of fun. Myself, Strippin' and Gmart have been having a blast with it. Force has been enjoying it as well. I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily justified to buy the game solely off the back of that, but it's good. It's a lot of fun. It's just a better Mass Effect 3 one. Although I would recommend playing with people that you know you have good internet connections to because pubbies, it's a peer-to-peer system. Yeah, I know. Boom. If if you have a host with a shitty internet connection, you're going to have a shitty time. So watch out for that. And if people don't know, it's not PvP. It's a PvE wave-based thing. Your co-op. Yeah. It is... It's got it's got a lot going for it, and it's also got a lot working against it. And those are the most interesting games to talk about, in my opinion. They're very fun. I, I quite enjoy it. It's very enjoyable to discuss. So yeah, I'll be getting my videos out in the next couple of days on it, no doubt. Cool. Yeah, so there's Andromeda. I'll be interested to hear what you have to say, Jesse, once you've played it, because I know you're a very story orientated kind of guy you're very interested in interesting characters i expect you to come back next week and tell me this game is a pile of shit here's 30 (laughs) minutes why because you just have different priorities to me i actually really want to hear that so try and play it if you've got the time i've got it all downloaded um on the ps4 pro too so i'm gonna be playing it as well i have a feeling jenna's probably gonna chew me out over it as well she started playing it this morning and i know that she plays for very different reasons to what i play for so it would not in any way surprise me if she comes back and said, why did you tell me this game actually had some potential? This was, t- this was a terrible experience. Why did you lie to me? <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that, that, I mean, that's been the major kerfuffle over the last week or so. The game is out today for those in the US. Thursday, Friday for Europe and UK. Also, just by the way, EA has officially said they have no problem with using a VPN to play the game early. Good for you, because Valve can potentially ban you for that. They've said they don't mind you doing that. So if you want to bypass the region lock, EA don't give a fuck. They that's will- pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, I, I think that's great. The, these staggered releases are as a result of old physical box retail stores. The UK releases their games on a Friday. EU generally does Thursday slash Thursday night, and the US does it on a Tuesday. Mm. So 
that this is a decade out of date. Since digital distribution came along, there's no need to do this anymore. These publishers are held beholden to these big box stores, especially with big releases, because the big box stores will threaten to not stock the game or to not properly promote the game if they don't abide by that. So they're still kind of under yeah. the thumb. I think a lot of that has to do with their stocking stuff, right? I mean, they... Yes. Because they, it, it's... Gaming is not the only thing that has done that. Movies and music were always the same way. They follow yep. a lot of the same things. So you have more people there on a Tuesday to handle the rollout and getting things on the, the shelves. And you're not going to bring in people on a Saturday to do it as well because somebody decided they wanted a different date. Yeah, absolutely. It's unfortunate. It's something that will eventually stop happening probably over the next couple of years. But honestly, GameStop still has a fairly big hold on the market, especially when it comes to consoles. You know, PC gaming, GameStop can't do a damn thing about that anymore, and they know it, but people are still buying physical disc copies. I honestly don't blame them, especially if you're a PlayStation user, because I've seen the download speed on PSN, and it's abysmal. I, uh, I buy my fucking PS4 games in boxes, which to me doesn't seem right anymore. But my... Desk is completely covered in them because I can't be bothered to download a 50 gigabyte game from PlayStation Network knowing that it'll go at about a tenth of the speed my internet connection is capable of. Yeah. That's bullshit. It's, it's crap. So, yeah, I, I don't blame you for a second. We're, we're already to the point of having, having them just do a code in the box now too, right? <laughs> I mean, isn't that Titanfall did that? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. PC, PC games don't really use discs anymore. Even if you buy a PC game off a box, it's just a Steam code. But yeah, official confirmation, by the way, for those who are concerned, I'll post the link. Uh, this is a reply from EA David. Hi, we won't take any action if you use a VPN to unlock your locally purchased game early, but we might not be able to help if you're having any issues. So just bear in mind, if you're trying to play the uh, multiplayer with VPN, you're going to have latency problems for the most part, but we won't chase you at all if you use a VPN. Uh, that's a very consumer-friendly move on their part. I applaud them for that. I think or Origins got a lot better in that respect over the last couple of years. And one thing I will say is I actually applaud EA for having the balls to show this game as early as they did, not only to the yeah. press, but also in a 10-hour trial to the to people that have EA access. Obviously, you can argue, well, it did it to make money. But to me, EA access is actually pretty good value for what you get. The games in the EA vault are well worth the 3 or $4 a month you have to pay for it. And a 10-hour trial of a game before you buy it that carries over to your main game if you do is a very consumer-friendly thing. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see more of that. I'll just say one thing. Why the fuck did you stop the trial right as it was getting really, really good? They stop it just before the best part of EOS. Seriously. <laughs> and like, why didn't you include that? No, it's like a... I don't know why the only term I can think of is wind tunnel. It's like a wind tunnel. A wind tunnel, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's like so, at the end of a really good episode, and you know the next episode's going to be great. A wind tunnel. Pause. I, That's the word I'm looking for. The wind tunnel is. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You know. I, I knew I, it was the wrong word, but I decided that, to commit, and I'm glad I did because eventually it got me there. Look. Right, I'm just going to say this. That doesn't sound right, but I don't know enough about aeronautical testing simulations to really dispute it. So we're just going to go with it. It's a wind tunnel, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But yeah, th there were people watching on stream that watched the final bit of EOS, and they were like, 
this has completely changed my opinion on the game. This was the most Mass Effecty, Mass Effecty thing I've ever seen. This was fucking awesome. Holy shit! Look at the the environment. Blew my mind. I was looking. I was like, I have. This is one of the most amazing looking areas in a video game I have ever seen. The scale was massive. The lighting was amazing. The alien artifacts, edifices, and architecture. It's the most eloquent thing I'm going to say all fucking show. So just enjoy it while it lasts. Would just, they left me awestruck. And people on the stream were like, wow, what a contrast to that big dust bowl you've just been driving around on for the last few hours. Why the hell did they stop you going in here? Like, because if they put that, if that was the end of the trial, that bit, people would have been left feeling like, oh, I've got to do more of that now. But most people were left with, oh, because they didn't know what was coming next. It, right. it sucks. It wasn't a cliffhanger because a cliffhanger has to leave you wanting more. This didn't. It just left you thinking, this game's meh. Because oh, no nothing incredible's happened yet, you know? So they should have included that. You know, just the last little half hour of really, really great stuff. So, yeah, they're, they're a bit dumb for that, but again, I applaud them for letting people get as early access as they did, letting the press publish the first five hours, even when the first five hours were pretty weak source. It's better than fucking Bethesda, who were like, nope, nobody gets to see this game until it comes out. Nobody whatsoever. Ha 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 ha. Come on. You know, I am willing to accept streamers that are going to say nothing but positive stuff anyways. Nobody that we didn't sign to a contract. Uh, we, we, the fucking Warner Brothers. Yeah, there's another example of a studio that does that. No, I, I'll, I'll happily go to bat when EA does good things. And yes, of course, I still hold a grudge for them killing fucking Bullfrog and all that other stuff. But regardless of that, when they do good stuff and when they're obviously trending in the right direction, I think we should encourage them, not punish them for it. That doesn't mean that their game isn't jank. It is. But it's mm. fun jank, in my in my opinion. Cool. We are done with the first hour of the show, and I guess, I'm guess glad we got Mass Effect out of the way. <laughs> That's a start, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, we can get on to other things after the break. I'd love to talk more about Nier Automata. I'm sure Jesse would like to go in on that as well. I've got much I further into that game. I have a legitimately fucking terrible game to talk about, too. Yeah? So. Awesome. That's always fun. You're watching yeah. the Corruptional Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, we're going to be talking more video games, Nier Automata, and a legitimately terrible game on the horizon. This will be fun. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Total Biscuit. StarCraft 2 can be pretty rough sometimes. It's skillful and demanding, it stretches even professional players to their absolute limits. Bearing that in mind, the last thing you need is somebody yelling in your ear and reminding you of all your mistakes. Your SCVs can't mine when they're dead. That's why I created the Total Biscuit announcer pack for StarCraft 2. Enjoy positive reinforcement. Your supply blocked, might as well GG now. Sincere compliments. What do you lack in minerals, you make up for in charm. And calm, relaxing notifications. Your base is under attack! We're all gonna die! Are you a Zerg player? Let me tell you how beautiful you are. Metamorphosis is a beautiful thing. Oh, oh god, it's monstrous! All this and much, much more from the man who brought you the best play-by-play -play event in history. Building a supply depot right here. This could be the tactical crucial move of this entire game. It's all about 20%, 25%, and here we go. The Total Biscuit Announcer Pack. Available to buy now in-game on the collection page. Resume the real-time strategy, Ing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. We're done with Mass Effect, so you can... Tune back in now if you weren't interested in an hour of that, but... <laughs> we did it. 
yeah. Like it's I said, mo most relevant thing at the moment, so makes sense. But there's an awful lot else that's been going on, and I was promised a terrible video game, and I expect to be satisfied. Begin. Um, so we, uh, we actually had the second chapter of this show up in our release list a okay. couple of weeks ago. It's All right. called The Butterfly Sign Human Error. Um, okay. It was that game where both Jesse and I were like, Oh, this looks kind of LA Noir-ish. It's like right. a detective game and like yeah, yeah. I remember that. and all of that, right? Uh -huh. So it turns out the first chapter is just called The Butterfly Sign, and it was released last year. And then the one that we saw in the list recently is the second chapter of it. Okay. Um, I really want to talk about this because I I need so desperately for you guys to not give these people your money <laughs> okay like <laughs> all right let me wow. let me explain why so what? each one of these okay. is five dollars they're both 4.99 right the first one i played through and i was like okay there's like some problems with it but i get where it's going like um you're a guy who's being given a drug and the drug is to help you recall things from your memory right um, something happened at an asylum where a bunch of like tests were being done and you were the only person found alive at the asylum. So they basically gave you the drug that was being tested there in hopes that it would, you would be able to show them exactly what happened there or like, that's, that's kind of the idea. So yeah. you're strapped up in a room, They're, they give you the drug, you go into your memory and you're at the asylum and you have to like figure out how to get in um and every now and then you see yeah so, some of those elements where you're like oh shit there's like a body and there's you know like four or five different bits of information or like clues and you have to figure out uh which one like what happened right so you click on like a body and it'll say do you think that this body was killed here do you think that this body was killed somewhere else? Do you like it gives you options? Okay. And judging by what's around, you go, okay, yes, I th I think that it was this, or I think that it was this. Depending on the difficulty that you choose, because there are four different difficulties, I think. Um, you only get a certain number of times that you can be wrong before the drug goes bad. Like before the drug like basically makes your brain melt, is <laughs> like I guess the idea. So if you play on the easiest difficulty, you can make as many mistakes as you want. If you play on the hardest difficulty, you make one mistake and you're fucked and you have to start over. Um, uh, it gives you like a big spiel about how to hack into computers or like how to find passwords for computers, but there's only a couple computers that you even come across. Um, there were just a, a lot of things about it where I was like, I see like there are elements of this that make me interested, but it's very obvious that they skipped a lot of stuff. Like at, at one point he says, oh, I found a combination lock, but I need to know how to get into it. And me and my entire chat, we were all like, what combination lock? We never saw a combination lock. Or uh, we decide that we're gonna go to a church that's across from the asylum. And we never saw the church, but we act like we did. Like just weird stuff like that, right? Okay, so where um, where's things go where do things go horribly wrong here? So things go horribly wrong with chapter two. So I would say chapter one is like there are elements that are okay. It took me like two hours to get through the whole thing. Every now and then you stumble onto something that you need to piece together, but it's not it's not a ton of it. 
you know, it's it's mostly a walking simulator um, with some sort of janky elements. And I was like, it's, it was okay. It was all right. Chapter two, <laughs> they tried to do, I, I think what they tried to do was sort of a PT thing. So they literally, they start you off exactly where you start in chapter one. And you go up to a certain point and you're like, oh, there's a body here that wasn't there before. And I was like, oh, okay, so maybe we're going to go back through and we'll find different stuff. So we find this body. And then the rest of the game is us doing the exact same stuff we did in chapter one. Literally all of the exact same stuff. And I was like, when is this a new game? When is this a new game? When is this a new game? When is this going to be a new game? Right? They actually take you to the church. And I was like, oh, okay, here's, here's the church. And then uh, you have like a weird, like feverish moment. You're suddenly on a rooftop and the game asks you a question and you have to choose like yes or no, basically. And it's like, you did chapter two. And I was like, you are charging people $5 to play the same game twice? No. no. I was I was so offended. I was so unbelievably offended. I was like, that that is unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. It took me like maybe 15 to 20 minutes to get through the second chapter because it was all the same shit. And I was like, when is it going to be new shit? Eventually it's going to be new shit, right? There's got to be new shit in here. They gave me like maybe, you know, three gotcha. minutes worth of stuff that wasn't in the other one. No, no, <laughs> I was so offended. I was so offended for every person who's ever spent money on that. So first chapter, I was like, oh yeah, I could kind of see, yeah, I'd be like, no, don't buy this game. Do not buy this game. They are swindling you. The second chapter is the exact same thing as the first chapter. Don't buy it. <laughs> but it's got positive ratings. What, you know, how could that possibly happen if it's... Here's the thing. Oh, none of those seem to mention it. And then the ones that are negative are the ones that are like, this is the first game. So I feel like if you played the first game, you're super pissed. And if you've never heard of this before, you're like, this game's pretty great. But they like, see, that's what I'm wondering is if they're trying to... I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because you, it's pretty clear when you're playing the second chapter, it's pretty clear that you've done this all before, right? Like you walk in and you're like, oh, the last time I was here, I did this. All of the exact same items are there. You can listen to the exact same cassette tapes. You can find the exact same bodies with the exact same answers. So <laughs> I would say, look, if you're, if you're interested in trying this i'm wondering if if the butterfly sign human error if they were trying to basically like reboot the first one yeah but, he, but he, in the game he's like i've done all this before ah yes the last time i was here we did this i mean they do call it the second the chapter cut scenes everything guys <laughs> so offended not not happy about it not not in any way yeah well no. I had no intention of playing it before this. I certainly have no intention of playing it now. It's a it's a shame, certainly. A yeah. good mystery is always fun to play, but not in this case, it would seem. Um, there was another detective game that I played called Kona. I think that Jesse might have started playing that. You're not the only one. Uh, my wife actually started playing that as well. No, uh, she seems I to haven't. dig it quite a bit. 
I watched you play, but I have not. I have not played it myself. Okay, yeah, I beat it. I played the whole thing. Kona, um, spelled with a K. I believe it's also yes. it's like yeah, it's on, coffee. Yeah, it's on Steam. Uh, it's eleven dollars. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, seven. No, no, twenty. What? Never mind. Just ignore everything I've just said. I have this price plugin for Steam that gives me price data from all these different stores, and it also means I have about six different prices up at any given time. I'm like, oh, right, okay. It's actually $20 right now, anyway. This one looked like a walking simulator, too. Is it all right? Uh, yeah. There's I actually I enjoyed this one. It's, it was, it's pretty slow-paced. Um, the idea is that you're in Canada... Uh, you're a private eye who's been called out to do some work for a, a wealthy Englishman who's living in a small town in Canada. Um, you get into a car accident at the very beginning of the game. You get into a car accident, your car breaks down, and it basically develops from there. So, like, you know where you were supposed to meet your client, so you wind up, like, you like your first objective is to is to go to where you and your client were supposed to meet, right? Um, so you're, for the whole game, you're uh, basically just like going from house to house and like figuring out, you know, what's going on in this town. Spoilers. There's something going on in the town. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> what? I know. You're trying to figure out what's going on in this town, but it's like, it's cold and, uh, you know, you, you have to sort of fight the elements as it were. And uh, you have to make sure that your sanity is staying okay because every now and then you run into wolves or something and you get super stressed out and you have to like smoke a cigarette or whatever. Um, These wolves are super stressful. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got some like light point and click puzzle elements where, you know, there's, there's something that you need to get, but you don't have the, the right thing in order to reach it and you have to figure out how to put something together and then reach down and get it and um yeah i i enjoyed that game actually and it it took a weird turn the ending was kind of anticlimactic but overall it it was a good experience as a game um streaming it it was a bit too slow paced for a stream i think because you spend a lot of time you spend a lot of time just walking in snow, man. <laughs> like that's most of the game. Uh, but I thought that it was uh, it was a cool it was a cool little thing. Yeah. Kind of sounds like Firewatch in winter. It does a lot a little. of people said that. A lot of people said that it looked like Firewatch. <laughs> it's Snowwatch. Let's be honest. If it was in Canada, that's exactly what it would be. Indeed. And there are wolves, and you have a gun at some point. Speaking Not of, speaking of walking simulators, it, but hey. uh-huh. I want to jump in on this. I found a game that I think you and I should play together because it's super cool when it comes out. Uh, I got to check out what remains of uh, Edith Finch a little bit. Uh, Sorry, what remains of Edith Finch? What remains of Edith Finch? Is I feel like game? you've been going down a rabbit hole for the last few months when it comes to games you've been choosing, and this is this is getting yeah. beyond the pale. What no, remains no, no, of no. Edith no, it's, Finch? Uh, <laughs> The team that made Unfinished Swan made this. Oh god. Uh, the basic oh, I gist- that game. Uh-huh. Yeah, the basic gist of this game is that uh you're the daughter of a cursed family and the family uh has a weird custom that when someone dies in this family because people die frequently, they seal up the room that they uh that was their room in the house and 
it's like when they were still alive. It's, it's like how it was left and they're still alive. But because people have lived there over the generations, they keep building onto the house and like adding more rooms and adding their own little touches to the house. And so it's you returning uh, to this home against the wishes of your mother because your grandmother's like, you should go, you should go. Um, and you are experiencing all these different rooms. And every room is its own story mm. that uh, tells the story of the person who lived in that uh, room, who was a member of your family. And then you piece it together and it, it sort of flows through this history of your family and your role in that. And it's, it's super, super interesting. interesting. I can't, yeah, I can't talk about what I, the thing I played, the part that I played uh, until four days from now. But I will say that um, it was essentially reliving the story of how someone went crazy while doing their daily job at the same time playing their fantasy. If it yeah. sounds confusing, it super kind of was at first and then was um, awesome. It was like super cool because you're literally doing two things at once. What, you're like playing a game while doing a like task on the side right. with a controller. It was cool. There's a lot of cool stuff in it. and. Um, I, I'm apparently it's all they don't they aren't like reusing the same concept of like this room's the same game as the last one like it's all different ways of telling stories uh right. through this it seems really cool and like a like a game where it'd be like oh oh that's interesting I can't see what that's gonna be like so I yeah, like I, it. I'm down with like story games that give you something interesting as part of the story rather than just like it's all a mystery to the very end right yeah. like they they actually tell you stories throughout the game and i, I love that stuff so i'm in okay mm -hmm. tarmac what's been on your docket over the last couple oh, of weeks Oh, i've played too many things um did you have you have you guys talked about too dark at all no too dark. what's all what's all that about so uh too dark is uh, the thing that attracted me to this game was the save mechanic first like i, okay. I as soon as i heard about it, it was really neat um oh wait, it, wait it doesn't pause... it, it's the number two dark isn't it not yes. too dark Num right yeah, yeah number two and then drk uh, when when you save the game your character stops to have a cigarette and the game doesn't pause okay. so you kind of have to pick your places well um to make sure that you're not going to get horribly murdered but basically, so it's it's a top-down sort of stealth game. You're you're playing this guy that his his wife was horribly murdered right at the beginning, and his kids were kidnapped. Um, and I think seven or eight years later, or something along those lines, and he's he's kind of still obsessed with this. Like he used to be a police officer, and so then these terrible things start happening in the in the town that he's in. It was what was it called? Gloomy Gloomywood. Um, yeah, and so it, it, it's all about. <laughs> line of sight light and sound mm. um it's really quite quite a clever game um and there were a couple of times during this night i i used this line in my review it's it's the darkest game that i've played since the old game called dark seed based on like hr geiger oh christ right? that one yeah that's the stuff like of this, nightmares. this is this game had my jaw drop a couple of times with the stuff that they did in in some of these areas it's it looks all cartoony this is not a game for children the aesthetic reminds yeah. me of darkest dungeon actually yeah same that's the the actual game itself much less so like that so that Absolutely. trailer is very different i'll bring up some gameplay you say you have it on your channel yeah there was a review that i had done um 
the the only problem that I have, and I I had to mention this in the review too, was they uh, this was a Kickstarter game on what is it? You Yuli Yuli Yuli? What is it? A French Kickstarter? Never heard of that. So yeah. it was it was a crowdfunded game, and they they had promised, okay, we're gonna you're all the people that crowdfund this game, you're gonna get a DRM free version, um, and then it gets a publisher and it comes out with Denuvo instead. Oh, so, um, ouch! That's, that's a good way to piss people off. Yeah, yeah. I think they've they've offered refunds if people really want to go for that. But so that that's shit. If you don't buy Denuvo games, then obviously you're not gonna be interested in it. But it was yeah. a lot of fun. Um, you know, I mean, you it's the kind of game where you yeah you have a gun. But if you use your gun, it's because you have no choice left. Right. Whatever right. you're doing. Um, that was that was really quite clever. Yeah, you said sound was a big thing, right? So if you shoot your gun, then everything in the area, I'm sure, can knows exactly where it's, you are. Yeah, I mean, there there's kind of a distance or like a, a diameter of of every sound. So your basic step, and if, if you have the the options, so you can turn it off. Um, but right. the basic option is it shows you a little circle every time you you're walking or uh, every time something is happening. So, I mean, sound can be to your own advantage too. You can hear other people and you can, it's, it's neat. It, it was really a neat game. Looks pretty interesting to say the least. Yeah. yeah the top down stealth action exploration horror style thing that's going on there. That is in itself intriguing. Did I see something about mentioned about the one of the devs from Alone in the Dark being involved yes. in this? Yeah, that was the, the original creator of Alone in the Dark. Interesting. Frederick Reynal. The godfather of survival horror. Yeah. Intrigued to see what he's come up with. Yeah, it looks pretty neat. Worth noting, incidentally, that Denuvu have something of a policy whereby where, when a particular game that uses that DRM gets cracked, they generally just disable and take off Denuvu entirely because there's no point in them being there anymore. So you could say what you like about Denuvu as a DRM scheme, and it's definitely not consumer-friendly, but their actions after they know it's being cracked are... And mm. that in itself, I think, indicates that the company's not out to be malicious. They're providing a yeah. service that publishers obviously want. It's not something that is beneficial to us as gamers, but props to them for taking it off those titles when they know it's not effective anymore, instead of just being a giant pain in the dick to people. Because mm -hmm. Denuvu, there's been uh, some accusations against that that have been proven true. I, if I recall correctly, Denuvu prevents you from playing the game on Linux and OS X, if I recall correctly. You can only use yeah, it on Windows platforms. Rare. Supposedly, uh, games using Denuvu are difficult to mod, if not impossible. There were accusations about it thrashing SSDs, which turned out to be false. And when you initially install the game, it phones home. And supposedly it periodically phones home, like maybe on a weekly basis, but not 100% sure. So if you're offline for too long or you're offline when you're trying to install it, you won't be able to play. But it's not an always online DRM system. Hmm. I've never run into a problem with it personally, but that doesn't indicate, that doesn't mean it's good. But right. again, I do like the fact that they don't just keep it there when it's being cracked and being an inconvenience to people when they because they they don't want a case which is the right way to do business by the way that the pirated version is superior to the one you bought that's incredibly stupid that is why steam and netflix and you know, spotify etc have become as popular as they are because they made accessing media easier than pirating people will go for the easier model they'll even willingly pay for it if it's good you know 
The piracy of TV shows has gone down as a result of the introduction of digital distribution models. The piracy of Game of Thrones went down as a result of HBO Go. Yep. People are willing to pay for it as long as it's reasonable and as long as it's good quality and it works and they get it in good time. Common sense. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that game does look interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's good stuff. How many people have played a bit more Nier Automata lately? You know, I had a chance, Jesse? I literally haven't. It's sitting right here, and uh, you need I haven't to. had a chance to play it. I'm super disappointed. I'm very... Yet. I'm, like, ready to play, and I just haven't had a chance. I'll, I'll, I'll be relative. I'll try and be relatively brief on it, then. As I, I'd initially played the bit that you'd played, which was, like, the first hour, the kind of prologue, yeah. and then got into the more open area. And initially, I was quite disappointed, because the opening prologue blew my mind. There were so many different things going on, constant crazy action, different camera perspectives and twists and turns. And it's like, wow, yeah, this is uh, this is a platinum game through and through. And then once you get past that area, you get into a more open area. And the first couple of quests will basically collect 10 bear asses. Oh, that's And I was like, oh, no, what? You know, we just got through an hour of pulse pounding, awesome shit. And now I'm running around a relatively empty city killing mob packs to get limited rate drops i had to reload the game to complete one of the quests because one of the mob groups wouldn't respawn so that i could kill it again so that i could get the drops at which point i was willing to call the game absolute trash i was like oh what the fuck just happened how could you go so very wrong so very fast but i persevered with it because i was on stream and we ended up in this desert area and then it was like kill these groups of mobs i was like oh no and I was about ready to give up on it. Then, insanity. <laughs> Mind-blowing insanity. Ridiculous boss fight. Crazy situation. What in the actual fuck is going on? Holy shit, holy shit. And back to the green field. And we're just, you know, moseying through the green field. <laughs> and, ah, we can't get back to the resistance base. It's been blocked off. How inconvenient. We better go into the sewers and just find the right ladder to climb up. Maybe we have to fight something, but let's make our way through the sewers and holy fuck, what is happening? Jesus Christ. Why am I in a theme park? What the hell is happening? This uh, boss I, is the I craziest boss. There's the, there's singing and music and roller coasters and happiness and a party tank and what the shit. That boss fight was super cool too. Holy fuck. Everything I hear is roughly the same. People are just like, I, at the beginning, I was like, I don't know if I like this. And then by the end, everyone's like, oh, ho, ho, what the fuck? Oh, so my I, God. Yeah, I'm excited. I have never had the kind of whiplash that I've had from Nier Automata from a game <laughs> in recent memory. And half of me says it's deliberate because you can't go balls to the wall 110% of the time, although Platinum would right. fucking disagree with you in some instances. And that you maybe need those calmer, more mundane areas to fully punctuate the insanity that happens next yeah otherwise it becomes white noise right it's maybe it's not yeah. as powerful mm-hmm. but regardless of that those calmer areas are still shitty there's a bunch of backtracking fast travel isn't uh, available till much later in the game those farming quests are wank they're a complete waste of your time and it it's it, it just kind of it, like I said, I'm torn. I Half of me says if the entire game was so crazy all the time, I'd be like, this might be the best game ever. 
Right. And then the other half of me said, I'd burn out on this after a few hours. This is fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm completely torn on it. it... <laughs> but you, you, you got to that bit, right? Your you, face you... was like, I don't know. I just, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. But Dodger, you said you got to that bit, right? Or either you played that maybe in a boss fight or show or whatever. I, play, you... I, I played the theme park. You've, and you've done the opera boss. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh my God. I can't remember a boss fight that I've played that has been that awesome. Yeah. I, thought, I thought the first boss in that game was cool. It was, Y'all about to make me yeah, not the, even see this, but just let's play this thing. The, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, think, I think you should definitely go into those areas blind. I'm deliberately not spoiling plot points because there will you will be like, what in the actual fuck is this? It the the bit before the the crazy boss in the desert was genuinely disturbing and i'm told that there are way more disturbing parts in the game than that and then there are super happy go lucky parts that are really whimsical and then everything goes super dark and like what the fuck it, it's just it's pulling you everywhere in every direction and Has it's hot ha- you blow your clothes off yet uh no they haven't but i know how you do it I'm Get not gonna, you, yeah, I, you know what? I'll hold on to that until after I've done the video, and then, then I'll just play the rest of the I'm game like that. I'm not gonna like tell that. you how to do it, Jesse. No. You have to experience it all by yourself. All right, yeah. it's official. There's a Let's Play, and it's called Jesse Tries to Get His Clothes Blown Off. That That's will it. not take a long time. <laughs> if you figure out how to do it, yes. You, you could play the whole game with uh, 2B without a skirt in what's essentially a thong leotard. It's a fine ass that I can guarantee. Bless you, sir. It's entirely up to you as to whether or not you choose to use it. <laughs> but one way or the other, uh, you could, I think supposedly you can do it with the, the boy uh, robot as well, so he's running around in these boxes oh. or whatever. Yeah. There, there's but pl- you can't, you can't God play. bless the Japanese. He's not playable, but he will... You can't play 9S until after you've beaten the game once, right? There's some cra- Yeah, the, the thing about this game is that there are 27 endings. Mm-hmm. Jesus. And the the game changes fundamentally from playthrough to playthrough. It fucks with you in weird ways. Some meta, some story related. It's, uh, in terms of, it's hard to even define what a genre it is because there are definitely parts of it that are very much like Nia. And the lead dev of Nia is the lead dev on this, but Platinum did most of the work and you can tell because the combat system is very Platinum. So you go into it, if you're a guy that's played a lot of Platinum games, you're expecting a Platinum game. So when you run into the Collect 10 Bear Asses stuff, you probably recoil in horror. But then when you get into the boss fights, you're like, yeah, this is Platinum. Then you get the schmuck bits and you're like, what the fuck is this? And then you get the side-scrolling bits and you're like, oh, okay, I can kind of dig it. I can do the same Platinum moves. It's just sideways or top-down or something. Uh, it's, it's thoroughly bizarre. It pulls you in all directions and is super interesting. Like, if this doesn't come out, if there's a more interesting game that comes out this year than Nier Automata, I will be really excited to play whatever that game is, and I'll also be very surprised. I felt like um, playing it, it felt, it felt kind of like, you know how uh, Bayonetta was like, pretty great from start to end, Bayonetta yes. 2. Yeah, it was phenomenal. So was the first one. Nier Automata feels like it's, it alternates between you know, chill and fucking amazing and then chill and fucking amazing. So it's like, if you liked Bayonetta, <laughs> if you like, if you, if you really liked Bayonetta and you loved the combat style and all of that stuff, you'll 
probably really enjoy near automata it's just that it will dip below bayonetta sometimes yes it's not all well-paced combat oriented stuff every arena bear in mind most of bayonetta is based around the concept of locking you into an arena and having you fight everything till you're allowed through the through the gate all of those arena fights are specifically designed in a way that they will be challenging and that all of the spawns come in at exactly the right time and each fight feels fundamentally different as a direct result of that this is not the case in Nier Automata because, as I said, it has a, some open areas. I wouldn't call it an open world because it's mostly a hub-based game as opposed to that. But it has these open areas that don't have a lot of stuff in them. And there are mob packs kind of wandering the place and you can kill them if you like. They'll get aggressive if you get too close. Some are neutral. You can beat them up. And some you can even ride if you wish. Some are animals. You can ride the boar or you can ride the like reindeer. Incidentally, boars are motherfuckers. If you try and fight them, they may kick the shit out of you. Just be aware of that. <laughs> There are areas that you probably shouldn't be in yet because they're guarded by super high-level mobs. You could try and go in there. It's not so gear-dependent as an RPG necessarily would be. If you're good enough at the Platinum style of combat, you can totally beat those monsters, which is pleasing. But there is more emphasis on how much you've got in terms of stats than there would be in a regular Platinum game. So it's a a mishmash between Mm -hmm. Nier and Bayonetta. Best I way love to games it. that let you pick the difficulty areas. Like it, you, it's like Dark Souls, right? Where you can kind of take take the more difficult route. Yes. Yourself. Yeah. If you want to, you totally can. You can go and fight that level twenty five big ass fucking machine over there. Maybe it drops something good. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, or it may kill you in one shot. It's entirely possible. Just mm-hmm. be aware of that. There's a ton of customization under the hood as well as to what you can make to be do. Not only can you like you can you have two different weapons. And you, uh, depending on which weapons you pick, your combos change. So you combat your light attacks are tied to one weapon and your heavy attacks are tied to another. And they're interchangeable, plus you have different weapon sets. So I at one point just had this giant fucking beast slayer sword, which was super slow. I eventually got a big, uh, like, two-handed katana and I combined one and two of that. You could just do fists if you want. You can get braces and gauntlets and spears and all sorts of shit. And then you can mod the abilities that you have so now my weapons send out shot waves in a straight line so i can do ranged combat with that and you can also mod your little drone thing that comes along with you there's a lot to it and visually it's uh, the uh, the artistic design is beautiful the art direction is beautiful it may not be the most technologically advanced game in the world but it looks gorgeous and I would like to point out, by the way, that it did have a resolution problem on PC. There is now a modification you can download that fixes that. Go and have a look on the Steam forums. We're hoping, of course, the devs will patch some of the problems the game's been having. I personally haven't experienced a single performance problem, but I know a lot of people have. But get that mod. It'll probably fix a bunch of shit that you had with it. Give it a try. Don't play it with keyboard and mouse. You'll have a bad time. Play it with the controller. Yeah. It's, it's a is hell of a, a game, though. Is that an oil platform that they're fighting? Yeah. It's a, it's a giant oil platform. Good lord. That's you, awesome. Yep. You, uh, it reminds me of the um, the Colossus, I think, in God of War 2. You remember when you fought that, <laughs> and then you climbed yep. it and went inside it, and it was a building, and then you fought the whole thing? Reminds me of that, to some extent. Maybe not quite yeah. as cool, because that was a boss fight for the ages. That might be one of the best boss fights ever made by anybody. Hell of a game, though. Uh, like I said, a lot of whiplash between the what the fuck is this and what the fuck is this, you know? Yeah. There's a ton of joke endings, apparently. We remember where a few weeks ago when we were talking about those you can end the game early segments? Oh, yeah, yeah, because I was saying that uh, we tried to play the game on very hard 
which is you can't get hit even once or it's game over. And in the tutorial, I died. <laughs> I got I got hit in the tutorial and it was like, here's an ending. Can, and the credits yeah, just that's one of the endings. flashed by. They just ran super fast. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the guy who heads up that game has some really interesting opinions. There's been some really cool interviews <laughs> with him lately. Really cool interviews about how he views life and death and the influences in his game, you know, particularly, you know, he had friends die at a very early age and that influenced his perspective on life and death. And in some cases, he's nihilistic, but in other cases, he's very whimsical. Uh, he well, it wasn't wasn't he the one that said because uh, somebody in an interview was was asking or maybe it was on Twitter. Uh, they were talking about how people are doing, you know, awful fan art of this stuff. Rule, right? rule 34 stuff. And and he comes up and he says, you know, it's really hard to catalog all of that. You know, yeah. you could help by sending it to us. Yeah, because there was there was a brief controversy where somebody photoshopped the main character with a screenshot to claim that she actually had a properly rendered asshole that you right. could see under the thong leotard. It was fake, but there was a big blow up over it. And yeah, he asked people to send him the pictures of it that they found. And of course he attends these fucking conferences in a giant moon hat. I was you know, going to say, he's mask. the guy who... Weirded everyone out. A few yeah, years he's, yeah, he just weirds people out. And you it's can called... tell, like, that's in the game. Yeah. <laughs> he weirds yeah. you out in the game and in real life. Yeah, Yoko Taro is his name. There, he is, there's a great interview on Forbes a couple of days ago <laughs> uh, called, I think it's Yoko Taro and his disappointment that video games have yet to conquer the world. And there's a couple of other ones as well, some Q and A's that he that he did, which are really interesting to read. So uh, Glick, yeah. Glixel did a Q and A with him a few days Q &A ago. Q and A answers are so good and like <laughs> just borderline of like almost offensive, but they're so good where people are just like, what? When they ask about character designs, he's just like, I like cute girls. I like I, I like pretty girls. girls. Yeah. Yeah. Fine with it. Apparently, he also likes cute boys because the game's full yeah, of them too. Cute girls, there's cute boys. It's got everything. He's like, eh, what are you gonna do? I like it. I imagine if you could have a New York accent in Japan, <laughs> he would be the guy that had it. What are you gonna yeah. do? Nah. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah. I like boobs. What are you gonna do? Go <laughs> <Gomen> Asai. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for that guy and that game. It, is going to be i think jim sterling said it best in his review today um this game is one of the most important of the year and if history doesn't realize that fuck history it's like yep yeah. uh fuck strong all of history fuck strong history. strong words uh fuck thousands of years of recording <laughs> <laughs> fuck the norman invasion in 1066 <laughs> fuck harold hartrader in particular <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, it, it's it's bonkers. Yeah, so those are the major ones. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I sticks. Uh, only very briefly. I'd love to hear about it though. Did you get into it? Yeah, um, it's it's uh, two stealth games in one week. Um, it's only forty bucks, and so you don't expect quite the same level as you know. $60 AAA title. Um, it's a, but, it's what people are starting to call double A, right? Double A development, which is like, yeah, right. it kind of looks reasonable. like it could be a triple A, but it clearly is by a smaller studio that doesn't have the polish to go all out with it, but it looks kind of good anyway. Yeah. I think that's, that's fairly reasonable. Um, I mean, it, again, it's a, it's a stealth 
game through and through. If you're attacking, generally speaking, that means you're losing. Um, but it looks really good, and it I, I like the areas more than anything else. Um, the, the landscape is just gorgeous in this game. Um, mm. But it was it was a lot of fun. I don't I don't know that I have a lot to really say on it though. It was just it's a good it's a good game. Yeah, and Sticks I'm is a he's a bit of a jerk, and that's kind of okay. <laughs> Oh, he's, yeah, he's an asshole. Uh, you're a goblin. You're a sneaky goblin. And I, I think on it's only the easier difficulty that lets you even fight. The harder difficulty is like, no, you can't fight. This is a stealth game. Fucking act like it, which I thought was quite neat because we don't we don't get a lot of pure stealth games anymore. So I'm intrigued to see where that goes. I very briefly played an interesting mobile game that's getting a lot of attention at the moment. It is not free to play. Uh-oh. It is a actual premium game. And it's called Ticket to Earth. It is. I, right. I have you seen this on the App Store? They've been featuring it quite heavily on the front page. I feel like I've heard of it, but I can't conjure in my mind what it looks like. So the the trailer was very good because it's a graphic novel style, and you're initially you get more people in your squad, but you're initially playing a woman who is on Mars, and the big space liner to take people back to Earth has finally arrived. But Mars is in a bit of a fucked up position. Like, people are oppressed. Which always seems to happen when you go to Mars. Don't colonize Mars. Every single piece of media I've ever seen about Mars, Mars is eventually being oppressed. Except for the Expanse. Mars is pretty cool in the Expanse, but never mind. Outside of that, uh, and people want to get a ticket to Earth. They want to get back to, back home. But the prices are so obscenely high, and there's some terrorist bullshit going on, and there's corporate involvement. But the game itself is... Thoroughly bizarre in the sense that it is a hybrid between a tactics game and a puzzle game. So you might think to yourself, I'm just trying to find a, a good trailer for this right here. Um, all right, App Spy, I'm borrowing your review of this. Hopefully, you'll Wait, do a good job. The one that's like a weird kind of like isometric view, yeah. and you can only walk along certain colors. There you so go. Kind of like yeah. Kind of, okay, that game looks awesome. It is, so far anyway. I've only played a couple of levels of it, but wow. It, it is a hybrid between a sort of tactics game like Fire Emblem and a almost like a match three, but it's not. Basically, you have colored tiles. You can only walk along a path of the same color, but the further you go before an attack, the more your attack is overcharged. So you're looking to try and figure out the optimal route to kill stuff as fast as possible, but also do as much damage as possible by walking, uh, by uh, selecting the correct path of different colors. Right. The presentation is phenomenal. It even runs at 60 frames, which for an iOS game is fucking rare. Not that it matters much for a tactics game, but it's nice anyway. It's really slick presentation, a very unique use of mechanics that I've never really seen before. And this really cool melding of puzzle with isometric battle tactics. Super cool. Yeah, it's $3. It's got a really awesome story going on with it in terms of the, you know, Mars being just a shithole and trying to get off it and corporations basically keeping people in indentured servitude and all that kind of thing. It's one of the first mobile games that I've played in a while that's really got me excited and I think they should bring it to PC. There's no reason not to. It would run, run very well, but it obviously tracing the path with your finger feels great. Yeah. You know, and it's super responsive as well. So I think that that is something you should look at. No doubt about it. Look, it looks like it is going to be coming to PC. 
great. That sounds That sounds fantastic um, to me. It's but not it, a, so not on Android yet. I it might be. Think, don't know. I I don't really game on Android really, so I'm not sure. But yeah, this is great. There's actually been several premium games to come out over the last few days that uh, a few weeks even that seem like they're pretty good. There was another one I think uh, I grabbed called Guards, which looked awesome, which was like a tactics game where you had four guys and three, and it rotated. Three guys were at the front and one guy rotated to the back to heal. And it was kind of like a tactics slash strategy puzzle game as well. Uh, that's pretty cool. And there was something else that uh, popped up on iOS quite recently that looked like it might be good. Oh yeah, Card Thief just came out a couple of days ago, which is a stealth card battler. Yeah, I know. What? That's yeah. Uh, they made a, a game called Card Crawl, which I wasn't a big fan of because, again, kind of simplistic. But this one, it's focused on stealth and sneaking around, but you use a deck of cards to do it, which was really intriguing. The art is awesome, really great. You know, again, yet another premium game that isn't free to play bullshit without microtransactions. That's actually good. Right. So. It's been quite exciting because there hasn't been anything I've really wanted to play on mobile for months, frankly. Same. I haven't really played much of anything. I, uh, right. I Fire Emblem Heroes for like a hot second. And I haven't touched anything since. Like I have not played any mobile games. Mm -hmm. There's a new Rusty Lake game that's coming out in two days on iOS called Cube Escape, the cave. Get out of town. Yep. yep. It's, a, it's a Rusty Lake puzzle Fuck. game. Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yep, so you might want to check that one out. There's another one. There's this other one that I haven't played yet that people are blow it's blowing up over because it looks beautiful. It's called Pavilion Touch Edition, and it's a fourth-person adventure. What? Yeah, I know. That doesn't make any fucking sense to me are either. Are you the narrator? I don't know. All I know Maybe? is it drops you into this weird Euclidean designed world with no explanation as to what the fuck is happening and expects you to try and figure the way out. Whoa, yeah, this looks beautiful. Oh, the art is amazing. I haven't seen anything like it. It's probably not going to be my kind of game, but it may, uh, I think it, it, it may actually have been out on PC uh, on PS4 before this, uh, okay, but yes. there's now a touch edition for it for iOS, which I think is probably a perfect venue for it. No, it looks like it was out in September last year. The reason it's being called a, a fourth person game is because you are basically like, god moding the world so there's oh, a person cool. that you're trying to you have to change things in the world to make to help the guy get from point a to point b but you don't control the guy you control the world i love that idea yeah i i, I might actually suggest this to my mother um because she um, was a huge fan of Mon monument valley and mm. a couple of other games that were kind of like that i think she'd probably dig this one as well and it's beautiful it is yeah, fucking it gorgeous. Holy shit, the art. I'm a mm. sucker for like pre-rendered looking isometric worlds. I guess from back in the day of playing Icewind Dale, of being super nostalgic for how beautiful Icewind Dale was back then. Uh, mm. This just looks But also gorgeous. the animation on the character itself is good too. It isn't just like a beautiful background. Like Almost reminds me of a uh, kind of rotoscoped animation, like yeah, a flashback, yeah. you know, going all the way back to something like that. But look at this. Holy shit. That is so gorgeous. Yeah, so actually, it's been kind of exciting on mobile for the last couple of weeks. They've been doing some great stuff. Plus, of course, they've done ports. Oxenfree's port came out and apparently is great. Oh, good game. Good yeah. game. Grab that. 
Um, there's a there's a board game version of Tokaido coming out soon, which is a really awesome board game. And there's even this uh, strategy game coming out. Uh, fa- they call it fast-paced strategy. I think it's kind of node-based, but it's got a little bit of 4X thrown in. Castle Battles, which sounds generic as fuck, right? But watch the trailer for Castle Battles and tell me you're not intrigued by the fucking art style of this game. It has four... Cra- yeah, I don't know if you'll even be able to find the... Because uh, the name is so generic, it's really hard to find the the trailer for it on YouTube. But I watched the... There it is. Uh, it's called. It's by Light Arc Studios. The art for it and the... Straight up neon craziness yeah some neon kind of programming craziness and then it goes like fast-paced real-time strategy game and it introduces the factions and one is called the clearly evil empire which <laughs> i liked and meat like- stachio is one of the yeah that like one fact is just a bunch of muscle bound <laughs> dudes with mustaches i was like that's neat uh, and mm. you know it's a shame they called it as generic as it did because i think that's going to get lost in the shuffle but this actually looks like it might have some legs yeah, it looks yeah. like it came out on Steam December of last year. Yeah, it's just hitting iOS now. I find that I discover these games through iOS because I read a lot of Touch Arcade, which is like the only good iOS website, really. And they they wow. do a good job of highlighting games that don't suck in right. a store full of games that suck. So I tend to find games that maybe were out on Steam last year completely flew under my radar, but because they're on mobile, where there are much less good games to play, they're suddenly they're suddenly relevant again right which is a weird phenomena i suppose but this yeah this looks kind of neat as well lots it lots to see so bizarre i like, yeah. can't understand what's going on at all but yeah I'm i thought it was like a kind of that galcon node-based strategy but it also seems to be hex-based as well with some other kind of weird shit going on yeah, so I don't know what to make of the gameplay but it's super interesting mm. very cool yeah i yeah Lots of very interesting stuff on mobile to supplement that if you're not so interested in playing some of the many awesome games that have been released this month. That one. Yeah, and a couple of the others look like there might be some pretty good time wasters, frankly. Is there anything else we want to discuss prior to going to the break? As we still have, um, we still haven't figured out a news topic, so I'm rapidly trying to find something to discuss. If anyone has a suggestion, I'm going to open it up to suggestions in chat. By the way, if there's something you'd like us to discuss after the break before the releases, yeah, because we got nothing right now. We we got nothing. You know, the Mass Effect controversy. I guess we've already even discussed, and that's kind of it. So yeah. feel free if you got anything that you think is relevant. But is any any other last games that we'd like to bring up before we go to break? Was- yeah, there's one other one. Um, it's not out until the 30th, but it's got one of those embargoes where you can talk about it and, and do all that, just no actual posting reviews. Uh, mm-hmm. Thimbleweed Park. Um, oh, so yeah. This is, is Ron Gilbert. Ron Gilbert's game, yeah? Right, so he's he's famous for Monkey Island, Maniac Mansion, um, some of the old Indiana Jones games and all of that stuff. Um, and let me just say, it is so nice to get review code like two weeks before a game comes out and actually isn't be able to it take my time. Lovely, it's it's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, I, I hate feeling rushed. You know, I mean, it's the reason I don't have a Mass Effect video out yet. I, yep. I just I got my copy five days later than all of the other review outlets, I guess, that did get it. And mm-hmm. as people are probably aware, we had a scuffle with EA on Twitter and. The, sque- the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but, you know, those the conversations I had were heated. We've sorted everything out. EA were very reasonable, and frankly, I think I was a bit unreasonable. So I think I set my apology for that. But yeah, fair enough. But yeah I mean, I, I, obviously, like, that's delayed everything. But yeah, let's let's hear about this, because 
This so looks amazing. My uh, my childhood is Sierra and LucasArts. Like that's mm. that's what we did. My family, we were just we were always playing these games together. So when I heard he was going to do another one, I was I was right there. Um, so it is a an absolute nostalgia trip. It is much more like Maniac Mansion was uh, than it is like Monkey Island. So you've got uh, different characters that you end up controlling throughout the story. There's four and kind of a half one um, where you can switch between them. And most of the different things that you pick up, you can pass back and forth between each of them. But each one has a couple of items that only they can use because it's sort of a story centric kind of thing. Um, and the, so the basic premise is that um, you've got these two, two main characters that have come into town investigating a, a murder. Um, there's a guy under a bridge and, and then it's a matter of trying to figure out what exactly happened and what's going on in this ridiculous little town. Um, it's, it's on point. Um, I, I, I've had a blast with it. And it, I mean, I, it took me, God, I think I was done in about 17 hours. Um, and that's with about three hours of being stuck, stuck, like no idea what's going on, running around, rubbing one thing against another thing, hoping that, that I was going to be able to make it through the moon logic. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, now to be fair, the moon logic is not as bad as in some other games. Uh, I would say there is for the most part, there's a logical reason why each of the things actually works together. Mm. Um, but it was, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's, it's certainly something worth looking at. If you, if you like any of those old point and clicks, um, it's it's worth a look for sure. Yeah, Park. It definitely looks like an old point and click as well. Yes, it's indeed. Definitely been a, a revival of those. There's a lot there's a lot of stuff going on in that scene right now. So that's exciting for people that are into it. I've always been too dumb to play those games. <laughs> I'll happily admit that. I would rather watch somebody else play it that's good and can figure it out and I can follow their logic and reasoning. I find that more enjoyable than actually playing it myself. Don't watch me then. I, I enjoy I, games, but I can't. I mean, I, as a matter of course, I avoid watching you play games anyway, but... That's not true. You show no, up in my chat all the time, TV. Yeah, yeah, I actually do watch your stream probably more than anybody else's stream, honestly. No. It's good background noise for whatever reason. <laughs> Thanks. My voice drones on, and then you feel like you could possibly take a nap. Yeah, if you played competitive games, that might make me angry, but you never do anyway, so it's not, not really a problem. <laughs> And I know yes. that would be highly hypocritical. You know, I think I got the first ever compliment on my gameplay yesterday. Someone actually said, Aww. you're really good at this combat in Mass Effect, and it looks really awesome when you do it. And I was like, that's the first time anyone's ever said something like that to me. You're usually complaining that I fucked something up. So yeah. thanks for that. <laughs> Living I, the dream. Living good the dream. <laughs> I finally got reasonable at something, I guess. I even completed the Space Sudoku puzzle first time, and people expected me to be stuck on it for an hour. So like, yeah, yeah, eat that. Yeah. All right, let's go a break. When we come back, we're going to figure out what the fuck to talk about. <laughs> we'll see. We'll have a look through the chat and see if we can come up with some of our own ideas. I There's just nothing in the news right now that I even think's worth discussing. We'll find something, I'm sure. All right, let's take a break. Burn as much time as possible. When we come back, something will happen, certainly. Can't guarantee what. There'll be a show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the co-optional podcast, the somewhat newsless podcast. Honestly, there's very, very little going on at the moment. So we might have to dig back a little bit, a couple of weeks, and 
<laughs> do some. Oh, uh, we could just make up some rumors. Oh, absolutely. But you know, if I wanted to work for Kotaku, then I would have applied there. The Touché. thing. Broasted. Slow broasted. Mm. <laughs> I think that uh, there is something that we haven't touched on. A bit inside baseball, but relevant to pretty much everybody here. And that is something that quite recently went live on Twitch, which is... Twitch is essentially now implementing a system which allows you to buy games through Twitch. And... This will be done through a link below the video that is tied directly into the game that you're playing right now, and if it's available through their service. And the broadcaster will earn a portion of that revenue, which I believe is 5%, if anybody buys using that particular link. Mm -hmm. uh, it it's another says, way to support the streamers you love. That's how they're marketing it anyway. It's also a way to try and drag people away from Steam and all sorts of things like that and make a bunch of money off a platform that has been indirectly selling millions of copies worth of video games through its influence for a long time. And yet, of course, since it's now owned by Amazon, would really like to get more than just a piece of that pie. They want the pie, yeah. if possible. There will um, be... Sorry, go ahead. Do we have confirmation on whether or not when you buy the game... You don't you don't get to choose like a platform you'd like to play it on right you have to use it with the twitch launcher is that right that's my understanding of it up to this point i haven't even seen a game so far that's available i know they've made deals with uh they're going to be launching later they've got guys like ubisoft telltale high res on there i don't know why high res is on there because they only make free to play stuff but whatever devolver uh, digital's in on there try on worlds tiny build basically guys they've already done promos with and yeah. guys that have already made twitch implemented stuff you know we saw party hard had twitch modes and things like that and yeah there will be there, some sort of launcher involved there was mention that the uh the uplay games are on uplay not through the twitch launcher that doesn't correctly that doesn't surprise me i can't imagine <laughs> that they, they'd want anything to do with that. I also don't know... I haven't played a game through the Twitch launcher yet. I think there are a couple that are on there that were given away with Twitch Prime. Yeah, but I've never I, uh, used that launcher. I've They've used given it. a bunch away. Banner they Saga. Have. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, they I've just gave it. away... It's Sorry, fine. Go. It's just another client to have, you know. Yeah. I mean, in the case of clients, I generally err to the side of if I can put a shortcut on my desktop... And if it automatically logs me in and then just launches the game, I have no problem with it at all. If I have to load up the launcher specifically to play the game, that becomes a mild inconvenience, but not a huge problem. And I also believe that putting all of your eggs in one basket named Steam is not good for the market. So I don't really care as long as the launcher works. This is why I have problems with Uplay, because the launcher often does not work, and there are problems with it. And you remember having problems with Origin back in the day for Dead Space 3, although it's got a shit ton better since then. Still not perfect. We we were confused as to how to add people to friends list and join in games when we were trying to do Mass Effect multiplayer. So it's definitely not perfect in its implementation, but I don't, um, I don't have a problem with there being a new launcher, as long as it works. I think with the, with the, the little buy this game button below a stream, the thing that more people were concerned about was well won't this just 
Won't this just incentivize people playing more expensive games, like to play AAA titles more than they might? Um, because you're getting a percentage of however much that thing costs. Yes. I think the counter argument to that is most people play AAAs because they have a larger audience anyway. And <clears throat> really, I think the bigger concern is not they're playing AAAs, it's they're playing things that are sold through the Twitch launcher. Right. And they're going to lean towards games that are done that way. That, I, that gives Twitch a lot of leverage over companies as well, saying that, look, your Twitch presence may very well be quite dependent on whether or not you're selling your game through our launcher. So mm. maybe you should probably do that, or some people are going to be less incentivized to play that game. Right. I mean, we had we had a discussion about this about a year ago when Chrono was first announced, who I ended up partnering with, and it's mm -hmm. been a great experience. But we we were saying, you know, does having a service like that influence the decision of the streamer to play one game over another, and also does it influence their opinion of it, knowing that if they present it in the best possible light, they're likely to shift more copies of it. Yeah, this this worries me. And so I'm I'm the person at the table who has no this this does not happen for me because I'm not I'm not a partner. Um you have you have two things that are kind of a problem here that I see and it's you start off with the incentive to play these games means that the browse uh window inside Twitch is no longer accurate to what people would want to be watching. Right. If, if people are going to then not stream something that they normally would, they're going to look at this other list that they can make money at. And you will have people that do that. Not everybody, obviously, but you're going to have a chunk of people. That, ah! Oh, no, we, we just you're lost losing people. We, we lost everybody. Uh, oh, crap. Where did we just dropped everyone except for Tarmac from the call? All right. Jesse's back. Hi. Oh, uh, what the fuck just happened? Our internet died, I guess, at the office. Oh. Everyone's went down. Oh, that would make sense. Well, you're back here just waiting for Dodger to come back. Oh, God, I'm going to have to re redo all these damn overlays now. Ah, that makes <laughs> well, me sad. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, well, you get, you're getting a blank screen until we get Dodger back so we can... Uh, and then until I fix the webcam. So I apologize. There's nothing I can do about that. I'll fix it as fast as I can once Dodger's back in the call. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, please, all by all means, you want continue. Me to continue. Yes, okay. yes, so, certainly. So, if you incentivize uh, certain games to be streamed because they're a part of the program, then again, no, you you can no longer know whether or not the 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 number of people that are watching something because they're watching for the personality. They're not watching necessarily for the game. Right? Some this that's is, true of some people, I would say. Um, I think enough. like uh, a great example, like Lyric plays a lot of quite small indie games. He could, he is the most prominent streamer on Twitch. He could be doing nothing but taking sponsored deals for everything and people would be lining up to give him sponsorship money for it. Right. And he does take some, but for the most part, he's playing the games that he feels like. And some are popular. Needless to say, he'll often pick a game that is unvogue. But simultaneously, you see him with huge numbers for obscure shit as well. So, I mean, maybe he's in just a unique position, I guess, simply because he's so popular, he could play whatever he wants. And maybe that's not going to be true of people who are struggling one way or the other. 
<laughs> so maybe you could make uh, you could definitely make that argument that it's going to be that list is going to be more influential on them than it will well, be this, on somebody who's this is what we saw with for honor right i mean for honor is down to eight thousand was fifty thousand concurrence down to eight thousand in just a few weeks yeah right because they were being they were paying for get us up on wall Twitter, to wall sure there are yeah. tons of people there biggest um uh, biggest campaign of that sort i've ever seen incidentally they went all in on that so that's that's the first worry the second is i mean it's it's the same as affiliate links and and all of those sorts of things is yeah fine you're as an influencer maybe you're not required to have quite the same the disclosure needs to be there obviously but yeah. uh, the same expectation of of i'm not being influenced by by the money is not it's just not a part of the the discussion for a lot of people they're there to, for the entertainment they don't really care whether or not the person likes the game um but if you have a you know a cut of the action that you're going to get what's the chances of being more positive than you otherwise would have been i i'd say that that that's always going to be on your mind and the argument that i've made is that even when people say well i'll totally not be influenced by that they're actively thinking about not being influenced by that which means they'll yeah. often overcompensate to the other side so yeah. you have to be super careful i think with all of the we've done sponsored stuff in the past in particular, I haven't done sponsored stuff in quite a while, although we do have something coming up uh, within the next week that's going to be kind of relevant in that respect. But when we've done stuff like chivalry and all that kind of thing, there's never a discussion of our opinion at any point. It's always just, we're just playing the game. But even then, it's possible to maybe act like you're having more fun than you really are. It... There's still there's still a level of influence. What I will say is that I like the fact that they do directly disclose on that link that some of that money is going to the streamer. I wish they used more precise language because they say, I, I believe they say something like directly supports something or other. I'm just trying to bring it up right now, actually. Yeah. Uh, what's the, what's the, the specific thing, verbiage? Uh, the, the split, I think, how did they describe it? That it was a, a minimum amount? or the default setting is such and such. So you could have different titles in that program that this one pays 5%, this one pays 20%. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, there'd definitely be some variance there. It wouldn't also surprise me if there are certain contracts with certain large streamers that offer a larger percentage than the smaller ones. We already know that happens. Not every contract is created equal on Twitch. Some people are on more than others. The, the verbiage is specifically purchases support and then the channel name yeah i that's it's it's it's, it could be better (laughs) yeah there's no excuse for them they should just put it in the in the receipt you know you've got the invoice you're paying the money here's how much is going to the streamer send it away and be happy with it i I think that's fair um I, i don't know that there's a need to protect that information on an individual purchase basis i mean i think the only reason they the only reason they do it is to stop uh streamers arguing with other streamers because, like, if someone gets more, then there's going to be people up in arms about that fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's why sure. most people are encouraged not to share their contracts with other people. I believe it is still uh, against Twitch terms of service to fully reveal contract terms. Yeah. There are certain things you can talk about. There are certain things you can't talk about. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I just mean from the from the customer side. Like, it 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 feels not quite good, you know? It could it could definitely be better. They could have more transparency in that regard. 
Uh, uh, Jesse, I want to hear your thoughts on this in particular. You, know, you, you stream a lot of games. You generally just stream the shit that you want to stream. Do you think this would change your mind in any way for certain titles? Uh, this, yeah, this is one of those things that is never... Like, I had my moment years ago of like, hey, gang, y'all should support this game because it's totally fun. <laughs> right? And then I got destroyed. I got utterly and totally which, destroyed. Which, for doing can, it. can you identify which game that was, just out of curiosity? Uh, Castle Crasher? No, not Castle Crashers. Uh, my brain just died. Clash Royale. Uh, oh, they paid you to play Clash? Oh, no, it was uh, no, Clash of Clash Clans. Of Clash, of, Clash of Clans, they got. Yeah, Clash, I, rem I remember yeah, that yeah. campaign. Nobody got away unscathed from doing that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, people hated it. Yeah. I got destroyed uh, for that. And that was right on the brink of, hey, everyone, now you need to say, like, what you play and what you do. So I learned my lesson, a valuable lesson early on in my career and was like, all right, well, from now on, if I do play anything, I'm going to let you know immediately that I'm, someone's paying me. And I'm not going to address like you know how excited or how shitty they, I, i'm only going to pick things that i know i'll enjoy and i'm only going to play them knowing i will enjoy them going into it without it being like this is so much fun i can't believe i'm enjoying this game and so mm -hmm. uh you know even though i'm being paid for it like i try to be cool like that but with that said um i i think for me personally because of just how I use Twitch and how I am a, like an aberration on there. Uh, I don't know that this affects me all that much because the things that I'm playing are, are shit that I've already promoted on the channel well before I got to Twitch to play it. Like either did a fan Friday or whatever. So I've already said that I want to, and this is like the backup. Like, well, I'm not going to stick this on the channel. Just come watch me play it on, on Twitch. And that's, that's what we'll, yeah, the we'll, games we'll, that you really like and you want to finish, you just stream the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, so I don't know that this affects me in any way. And I I mean, I'm not on the program yet, so I don't know that I'll have anything in the bottom of my Twitch for a long time. But um, Oh, you'll get it one way or the other. That's the other part about it. Even if you don't opt in, the link's there anyway. You just don't get any money from it, which yeah, is another point. Kind of weird i'm not the reason i'm not happy with that is that you're forcing me now that i'm using your platform you are literally forcing me to advertise a service which to some extent competes with a company i'm partnered with that being chrono now right. chrono is non-exclusive like and then they're you know you can have any kind of uh, you can be related to any of these guys you want like chrono doesn't sign you into an exclusive contract but that still annoys me i don't yeah. actually want to be advertising your game link if I wanted affiliate links, I would have put them in my descriptions. I've never... Uh, have I ever used an affiliate link outside of a specific campaign? Don't think so. No, don't think so. Yeah, I've used I a referral link to get free skins for an in-game character, but never actual Ooh. money. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to start doing stuff with, with GOG and promoting their stuff. And so, yeah. like, they, they have a thing where it's like, yeah, you know, you promote these games, and it's the same same thing here. With Amazon, the the thing is, is that again with those, I'm only gonna end up playing stuff that I want to play because to me, I value my time more than I do shilling out shit. So I'm like, I could make a bunch of money, or I could not play a bunch of fucking games and only play shit that I like. Yeah. And so, like, and 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 I know there are many people like that, so I'm not really worried about the overall system. But I also know there are a few scumbags here and there who will just be total dicks about it and like. Yes, this game is the best game ever, everyone. You should totally buy it. The link's below. I feel like those people will eventually weed themselves out, though. 
Like people will see them for what they are and be like, I don't like you. And they'll move <laughs> on to someone else. I just. Here's um, the other thing that you might've mentioned while I was uh, gone. <laughs> but um, I, I think that it's interesting that this is going to be on a platform like Twitch specifically, because it's like, you are watching somebody play the game unedited. Exactly. Yeah, this was a point I wanted to bring up. Yeah, go for it. So it's not like, it's not like we're getting to craft the message in order to be like, this is a game you should totally buy. Like you are going to see if things go wrong, if the game yep. is jank, if yep. it's like, you know, so as long as people are willing to take the time to watch some of it before making that judgment call, um, I feel like on Twitch specifically, it, it would be kind of hard to skew the message, really. I agree. It would be very difficult. You With YouTube <laughs> videos, you can edit out any and all bugs, and there have been contracts, and there are still contracts, going out for brand deals on a regular basis that tell you to do that. Don't show <laughs> bugs, don't say anything negative, etc., etc. The worst you can be is neutral about something. Twitch, you can't do that. That's just not possible. If some shit goes down... That everyone's going to see it, and there ain't any explaining it away. You can influence people, certainly, by trying mm -hmm. to make out that certain things are not a big deal, that, oh, totally, that, you know, this overrides this particular fault, but ultimately, people still see a raw chunk of the game in all its warty glory, and mm -hmm. they there's no way of avoiding that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you can upload a VOD. Yeah, you can upload the VOD and uh, slice it up a just, little bit, just, sure. Just or, or just stream a VOD. Yeah, you, just, you actually could do that, but I think people would figure out you were doing it pretty quickly. I, I would hope yeah. so, yeah, for sure. I, I don't is, know, I just, it, it felt, it, it just feels weird. Because they, they were going to get into this whole game uh, game selling thing. Everybody thought, okay, they're going to they're gonna compete with Steam, right? There was the patent filing that they came out with that showed the client, and it actually looks similar to the, the curse client that they've got out now for voice and chat and all that yeah they bought the curse client so that's why that but looks quite similar these this link thing I, I think this is actually all they were talking about i don't think that they're i, I initially i thought that they were going to compete with steam too but i think this is all that they were talking about when they were saying they were going to sell games it's very odd to me that it seems like the link is just separate to the amazon affiliate system like they've already built a system kind of around this with the amazon affiliate system and amazon stocks Pretty much everything, even with PC games, they're going to stock box copies and in many cases, digital codes as well. Mm -hmm. But it seems like they want to go a little further than that. They want a presence on their launcher and they want to be able to leverage that in future. And I don't, that's not sort of direct competition with Steam, but they do still want the ability to create an audience, kind of a captive audience and be able to push certain things to them using that which is why these free games started coming out with twitch prime a few months ago via this launcher they wanted to start to build an install base for it to eventually sell you things through it yeah I, I, this this all strikes me as i think i'm i'm I think it's a fine thing i think being able to buy like get easy access to games and uh, to help out streamers is fine. And uh, if you're going to donate to them and you like their games, then I don't understand the difference between going off to buy the game and support them a little bit too. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm like, okay, fuck it. This seems fine to me. I, I think 
keep going. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say, I feel like the integrity of the streamers is unlike a VOD or someplace where you can more easily hide, like, like you guys were talking about more easily hide your intentions. Uh, and you can do voiceovers and read a script. And if you're streaming, you're pretty open to the world and you're, you're, you're who you are and you can try and be as much of a character as you want. But you know, there are moments when I hear a certain young lady next to me lose her mind at shit <laughs> and like bang on her desk. Like she is killing somebody. And it's like, that's a real moment. It's a real moment. And you can't hide that shit. So if you're trying to pull stuff over on people on, on Twitch, uh, I don't know that, that will last for you. So be forewarned Twitch streamers. Yeah, uh, that sounds that sounds great. You hear Dodger just losing it, smashing things in the next room. Fuck it, sold. I'm buying this game. This sounds good to me. I mean, they finally soundproofed our wall, and we can still every now and then just hear a little a little inkling of a voice because <laughs> we're both just loud motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it. But it's it, you can't hide that stuff. And I feel like if we were talking about YouTube, right, or we we're talking about something else where. It's, it's, you can edit, you can change and manipulate things a little bit more. Uh, then it'd be like having affiliate links like Amazon runs YouTube all over the place might be a little bit different, but I don't know. I think the biggest thing about it for me that I think is awful is that they put it there no matter what. I think yeah. that's the douchey thing. Yeah, because it just, it causes, it's going to cause problems with people with their sponsors. I mean, Chrono doesn't really care but I still feel like I'm almost dicking them over by using the Twitch platform that way. But I imagine that other sponsors are going to start to give a fuck about that. It's like, hey, this this sucks. We're paying you in some way to promote something, and yet this link is right here that you can't get rid of, providing advertising for a service that's competing with ours. And well, it almost I'm curious. I'm cu like... If I have a GOG link or you have a Kronos link or if someone has, God forbid, as a G2A thing, like, hiss. what are the, like, yeah, boo, like, what are the difference? If that's there, is Twitch eventually going to be like, well, no, it has to be Amazon. Like, where does this all stop and end? I think if they pulled that, they would, uh, they would lose a lot of their big streamers. Yeah, I think and so there are there is competition they can go to. We could switch to YouTube gaming. It's not that great right now, but it's getting better. And also, what's that name? Uh, Beam, I think, has some advantages as well. Is it Beam? The it's a, isn't that a Microsoft streaming service? I think I'm just double checking. Uh, isn't there one with like hot in the name? Hot hot, hot pot. Hot pot. Hot pot. Hot pot. TV. Hot pot gaming. <laughs> Yeah, Beam Pro is the name of it. I'm told, incidentally, that Beam Pro has almost latency-free streaming to the point really? where, yeah, there's almost there's practically no delay between what you stream and what the people see. Hitbox, that's oh, <laughs> Hitbox, dodgy as shit. Hitbox, hot pot, oh, hot pot, oh, hot pot. Azubu like obviously was dodgy as fuck as well. Uh, but yeah, be, you know, there, there is some competition. If they pulled some shit like that, it would hurt. The problem is they also have kind of a captive audience that streamers are very unwilling to leave Twitch because of paid subscribers. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. If you leave Twitch, you are throwing away potentially a massive amount of monthly income. Well, that's, uh, the, that's sure. the YouTube thing as well. That's why it, it, people don't want to leave those places for things that are 
clearly better. And especially lately, you see Twitter losing their shit at YouTube. So, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to leave, though. People are going to lose their well, minds. I don't know. No, there's no, there isn't anywhere else to go. The, the right. reality is that while there are com there's competition to Twitch, which works well, there is not competition to YouTube for the vast majority of kinds of video. You know, If you do some fairly artsy stuff, if you do short films, etc., you can do Vimeo. If you do Vimeo, some artistic yeah. stuff, you can do Vimeo. But that's about it. There really yeah. isn't anywhere else. If you're not on YouTube, you might as well not exist. If you want to pay a huge amount of money to get yourself you know, Amazon Cloud Hosting and all that kind of thing and set up your own video service like Giant Bomb, then... Good luck with that, because they are maybe the only successful site on the entire internet to what pull that off. Pornhub. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't host gaming content on Pornhub. I disagree. I believe Best Friends have an entire series on that. On that I'm just letting you know. There's really an entire now. series of Let's Plays on those things. Why? I don't know. I guess <laughs> because they can do them uncensored, but it's totally true. I'm not joking. I'm just putting it out there. That's reliable as shit. I wonder if they monetize that way. I think so. Unbelievable. Yeah, th there's very, very, very little in competition. Let's just let's just say that. Let's just say that. Yeah. It's the YouTube killer, Pornhub. Obviously, yep. yes. All just right. Saw it coming. Yeah. I'm, sh I'm sure we did. I'll leave. Regardless. I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, we just felt like we got. pretty much we just felt like the last half an hour with that because we just couldn't find anything else to talk about. Sorry, mm. we got nothing. There's there is nothing. Anyone got anything quick they'd like to do? Because our release list is actually very short this week. Jesse took a hatchet to it. Blizzard, I think Blizzard look, suing the the oh yeah cheaters. Yeah, this is something they've been doing quite a lot. Uh, they, I believe they were successful in it as well. Blizzard loves to sue groups that make paid hacks for their game. And they have been doing that for quite some time. Hack, uh, I'm trying to find the latest article of this one because this happens so often. I know it was, it happened over the past couple of weeks as well. And I believe they successfully managed yeah, it. Yeah, it was eight and a half million. Yeah. Got out I, of this. Um, so the boss land, the guys that did yes. Honor Buddy, Demon Buddy, Watch Over Tyrant. I, so this is supposed to be for WoW and Overwatch? Yeah, I have actually heard that South Korea is having some pretty major problems with hacking in Overwatch right now. Interesting. I've they, seen a couple of streams where they, they end up in a game where all of a sudden... Uh, you know, Pharaohs outside the map or something like that, and the, yeah, and obviously aim bots and stuff would be would be an issue. There's um, interestingly, the method that they've used up to this point has mostly been through copyright law, which is what people had quite a bit of a problem with because there was the potential to set precedent, which may very well affect the ability to mod legitimately as well if it was applied too liberally. Because they're arguing that creating these tools violates the copyright because it's using code that these people don't have a right to. The problem is, of course, that actually doesn't work. There are quite a few European countries in particular that say, no, actually, people do have the right to mod and all that kind of thing in terms of service violations. And not, you can't sue people for copyright infringement on a terms of service violation. It turns out with this one, the major win over Bossland, which happened last month, was not based on copyright. They had a parallel case going for copyright 
the Court of Justice in Germany, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the name of that, <laughs> uh, who they ruled that Bossland engaged in unfair and disruptive, uh, disruptive practices with their World of Warcraft bots. They Im imbalanced the game economy, provided unfair advantages, and flooded and deprived the in-game market of certain items. So I guess, really, the way that they made this work is they argued that these were like unfair sabotage basically yeah from what i can tell it seems to be an espionage claim i think of some description that's kind of interesting <laughs> yeah it but um they there are still they still ran a parallel copyright infringement suit they were asking for minimum statutory copyright damages of 200 dollars per infringement based on Jesus. each hack that was sold and there were forty-two thousand hacks sold uh, yeah, it's pricey yeah. real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So they were making an argument on the basis of that. 42. Wait, hold on. How many people need to be hacking? My A lot of people. God. Yeah. They're, and they're willing to pay for it too. These hacks are paid hacks. That's insane. That's it. it I can't, I can't wrap my head around it at all. At yeah. all. Especially for a game like Overwatch. Mm -hmm. I guess the desire to be like the best Widowmaker is just too high. <laughs> I don't like, I've never, it's, I've played games where I've had that desire to be like, fuck it, I wanna be the best. This never once in Overwatch have I been like, I boy, I just wanna shoot ice at people the best. Like, I've never had that moment. And I can't figure out why that's a thing with Overwatch. It drives me crazy. I can't, it, it's, it's gotta result in just a complete waste of time. So you use the bot, you get yourself ranked up, ranked up, ranked up. And then you play, do you, do you like, do you ever go back and play any games without it or? Yeah. Cause you get wrecked. You're just going to keep losing and losing. And so right. what I are you doing? I don't, I don't really understand that. You know, I understand the concept of cheating in a single player game. Maybe you just want to bypass a piece of content or, you know, you, something's too hard, or maybe you just want unlimited RPGs because it would be fun to fuck around with them in Grand Theft Auto or whatever. And as far as I'm concerned, cheat to your heart's content in a single player game. Why? I don't give a fuck about that. But as soon, <laughs> yeah, right? as, soon as it goes multiplayer and you're negatively impacting someone else's experience, well, you can fuck right off. I don't what, think a, a lot of people are going to be particularly sympathetic to these guys. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I don't. It's so weird. Hopefully, you guys in the in the states don't have that problem with the uh, the game modding stuff because we sure as hell do in Canada now. Thanks, Nintendo. Yeah, I heard there was some real bullshit going on with Canada lately in regards to being able to mod games and alter stuff that you own. Sons of bitches. Stephen Harper, last prime minister we had, 2012, they added rules into the Copyright Act um, that effectively say that you can be in breach of copyright law by uh, circumventing DRM. You don't have to actually copy anything, apparently. That's, that's a new thing yeah. um, in Canada. And so Nintendo sued I, I can't remember what the company name was but it was some group that was selling mod chips and they won and it's yeah another one like this like nine and a half million dollars us equivalent for a, a, a company that was selling chips that you would use it to mod your wii or whatever yeah the problem is of course those mod chips were primarily used for piracy but they did have legitimate use as well i remember the cases when they were trying to sue companies that made cd burners and cd burning software yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> or, or trying to sue people that developed torrent clients and things like that. Thankfully, you know, common sense uh, prevailed. Rip Napster. 
Yeah. I don't know that common sense prevailed. They just tacked on a surcharge to all your hard drives and your CDs. So you just paid for piracy that way. Instead. They, it, that's, that's a Canadian thing, right? That like yes, b- burnable CDs are actually really expensive over there. In stupid. Nonsense. Crazy. But yeah. And the same thing on, on hard drives, like a- anything, there's, there's a lot of that, that kind of added surcharge that is to offset the cost of piracy. Crazy. Nonsense. I don't know. I think that's all the news. I don't. I really don't think a lot else happened. This is this has been yeah. a good week for games, but a, a, a shit week for other things. There. Also, yo, shout out to. I didn't even think about this. I don't know if this was mentioned. I, I figured TB would have jumped on this. Going back to the Twitch thing and Amazon, uh, it will provide actual like analytics for games sold per like each person. Like we'll have numbers, oh. which. Could be a good or bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Right. But we would we would definitively know, like, what pushing to games does. Like, if you're like, hey, everyone, go down to the bottom of the screen and look at that Amazon link and if you want to buy the game. And, look at that like, sweet, sweet would, link down there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twitch would have those numbers that they could then present to people and be like, look, it does work. Hmm. Or, <laughs> don't say shit, right? I don't know. Yeah. There's It could go either way, but we'd have real numbers. And I think that's something that, I don't know that we that we talked about that. I think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, I didn't know that. It, 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 some of our companies are very cagey about that. You know, a Steam Spy, of course, has been an issue with that. Where people, are, uh, some companies have been like, "Please take our listings off Steam Spy," and I believe they've complied for the most part. But yeah, some some companies are very cagey about that information being public. Mm. Needless to say, because you know, especially with the case of large publishers, there's shareholders to consider and their overall position in the market and. The bad sales of a game could become news and can be a real problem for their stock prices, etc. But, but I think if anything, that would have been, I would love to have had the data on the amount of money, the amount of time, the amount of energy put in on promoting For Honor, and then the return they got on that. Because right. I, would be interesting. I'm really curious about that because they went all out, and I'm. I want to know how that ended up for them because I'm willing to believe it worked well. I think influencer based campaigns because they're hitting very specific demographics, I think are probably one of the most effective and efficient forms of advertising that are available. So you might think it, that's a lot of money they threw out and they probably did. I imagine I'm just going to throw a ballpark figure out there. They based on the number of channels involved, they probably threw out anywhere between quarter of a million to half a million dollars, I would think, with the amount of channels involved. Does that sound about right? I mean, I would go higher, but yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, I I would have said a million, two million, because the channels involved, right? Like, some of those channels, to me, I'm like, I bet they play hardball. I bet those guys are the guys who are oh, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, they got the big guys. You know, Lyric, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lyric was doing it. Soda Poppin' was doing it. I'm not... Summit was doing it. So, you know, those are kind of the big yeah, three. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, if everybody got the same amount that I got, um, <laughs> then it would not be anywhere near that. No, there's, <laughs> but... n- there's no way. They'll have paid them more. But, you know, there was yeah. also a lot of much, much smaller channels that will have been paid a lot less. But, right. yeah, I mean, I, I'd throw out anywhere between that. And honestly, that's actually not that expensive for an advertising campaign. I imagine they would get a pretty damn good return on that. Yeah. But but with that said, I think the idea that you could have something more firm to show them as a company be like, I am worth your money. Here is why. And and it goes back to um, 
showing the, I think you did this a few days ago, TB, where you were like, I showed this game and then uh, look at this spike that happened after I talked about this game. Oh yeah, and the, like, fa- the oh, Faria yeah, spike. Yes, the the one that crashed their service for a while. Yeah, there, there was a, the, that was like undeniably because of that video and the yeah, influence that video had. It proves your worth as like oh, a yeah. streamer and a player and a, a commentator to be like, I do have a voice in the community. So like, thank you for sending me games early, EA, wink, right? So like, yeah. it, it'd be nice to have that leverage for real instead of just like this weird ether of like well do they really influence stuff i don't know oh i think they know ign they're just worried that the influence can go in the other direction as well they want positive influence but they if i go turn around and tell them that a game sucks and actually deny them sales that is not influence that they want me to have or anyone else to have but the ultimately they have to you can't have one without the other the answer to that is make good products yeah, and it, it depends a lot on the person too, doesn't it? I mean, so you remember that that old uh, uh, what was it called? Airscape, um, the indie game. Oh right? yes, oh so, yeah, I did the video on that, like that that little platform with the octopus that barely sold any copies. Yeah, and I, I had done a review of it at the time, and it, and it it kind of bothered me. I'm looking at the sales numbers, and I saw what what you had done on it too. Um, but it was based on his little sort of post-mortem where mm. he talked about, I think it was Jacksepticeye had done a video with millions upon millions of And of it views didn't shift the meter no at all. Copies. Yeah. This again, this again I, we've said this on this podcast numerous times before, and we'll continue to say it to every dev who is watching. Sure, by all means, go for the, the big, huge YouTubers and streamers. But no, the vast majority of their audience is there for the like Jacksepticeye show. Or the Markiplier show, yeah, and they're all oftentimes thirteen to seventeen, so they don't have a disposable income. Often, even younger than that. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know? and so you're dealing with all these factors. That sure, the video may get millions and millions of views and eyeballs on it, but they're not there to watch the game, and they're not going to be able to buy the game. Meanwhile, there are all these other people who would kill to play your game, who might be smaller. But if you throw a bone to a small YouTuber or streamer, they will be on your team they will be so behind you like this was amazing i can't believe like this happened i have to play this game guys you're gonna love it trust and believe it, it on the flip smart. side of that just a quick warning and i said it last week on twitter as well and some people got upset about it i think they're quite silly but never mind the if you are a smaller streamer or content producer and you end up getting thrown a bone in terms of getting access to a game though other people don't have access to just be really careful because, yes, it is very much in the minds of the PR person that gave you that, that you will be influenced by that access, that you will be starstruck, you will be dazzled by this, and you will because you feel like, I want more of this, you know, I want to be given more games, so I'm going to make sure I'm super positive and very supportive of this game. Be- oh yeah, don't be a sucker. I yeah, mean, don't, don't be a don't sucker. Be a sucker. We've all been through that, you know, we've all felt what that feels like when you get your first big game early. It's really hard to avoid being influenced by that. You've just try and take a step back. Make sure you're not being bought off by a a copy of a game because you are a sucker at that point. You got a free game. Great. They got potentially thousands of dollars of revenue, maybe even more than that. You know, just be aware of what you're worth and make sure that you're not being overly biased by these kind of things. Know your worth, yo. Indeed. Even if that worth is very small. Yeah. Be, be, oh, in, just ensure that you're not selling yourself short even then. Because I've seen plenty of people do do even that. You know? Yeah. All right. 
Should we get on to releases? Releases! Yo! All right, today, March 21st, we have Splody, which looks like a Bomberman reskin, kind of. It is. It's essentially a sit-down-with-your-friends, blow each other Bomberman-style game that uh, I wasn't sure if I should include it or not, but I gave it the benefit of the doubt because I like Bomberman. Well, you're, you're kinder than I would be. Let's just put it that way. Well, it looks like you can have... <laughs> Like a shitload of people. A lot in one of people. Game, yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. The uh, possibly upwards of twenty. That's actually ridiculous. Mm. Cool. Uh, the next game is called Skip Chaser. This looks awesome. Yeah. This, this looks, looks like it's up our alley. <laughs> yeah. This looks cool. Story driven sci fi fantasy shooter. What? Sorry, sci fi fantasy shooter. Yep. Uh -huh. Weapon customization, procedural levels, fast paced gun fights. Uh, is this designed by the people who did Hyperlight? It looks really similar to it does, something. It's not, but... It's, it's not, but it does look very similar to it. Yeah, it's by a company called Pony Wolf. Never heard of that, but th I think there's pretty clear art direction influence. Mm -hmm. It's got some pretty nice uh, weapon crafting going on with it. Seems also like it may be taking some influence from Nuclear Dawn, maybe. Nuclear Throne, sorry, not Nuclear Dawn. That's a different game. Nuclear Throne. Um, this next game <laughs> is called Troll and I. Okay. It's out on PS4, PC, and Xbone. And uh, I don't know. Just you know what? Just look at it. I'm I'm stoked to try it. I have I have I'm code one, for I'm this. I'm so disappointed because they gave me the code for it and it didn't unlock until today, and I haven't had time before the the show to to play it. So you're like a Rastafarian troll and teenage boy, and you can pick one or the other and and switch to so it's yeah. like like the last guardian where you have to you, you, you kind of got to have the other one do something in order to, to make it through the level but it's also supposed to have co-op so you can just each pick a character and just play right <laughs> that's brilliant i think it looks cool i think it, it looks does cool. i i had never heard of this up to this point it's almost a full price release it's 40 dollars and it does it looks really interesting um it does have that cooperative split screen multiplayer if you wish you can play it locally with a friend uh no online co-op so that's a little bit of a black mark but not too shabby but it does seem like it is designed for single player primarily mm -hmm. it's called troll and i by what maximum games what the mm -hmm. oh it's uh, developed by Spy spiral house i actually have never heard of them yeah so i guess this might be their first title <laughs> there you go uh, next up is Tokiden 2. Yes. Which I, you guys were saying has a little bit of drama. Yeah. So the first Tokiden, uh, and it w w this game is, by the way, quite uh, it's something of a monster hunter like game, but with demons of Japanese origin rather than big monsters. The first game, the PC port for it was terrible to the point where if you played it on a high refresh rate monitor, it would play at more than double the speed and would be unplayable. The controls were also completely terrible. You had to physically lock the game to 30 to even have it run properly. Apparently, this port is better. You, there's a 60 FPS mode, but 1080p is the highest you can go with it. And people are complaining that you can't use the mouse for anything. I mean, I wouldn't play a game like this with the mouse anyway, but I guess yeah, people want to... Yeah, that's what I don't get either. I guess people want to use the mouse for the menus or something. Apparently, there's no functionality for that at all. So it's a case of do not play this unless you have a controller. And some people are saying the multiplayer lobby for it's terrible, which is a much more important point, right. I think. Yeah. I will I will look at it when I get the chance. 
You fight big demons. You do, yeah. you do. I, the first one was... Oh, I, mean, I actually played the first one on Vita and it was okay for a handheld game, but the PC version sucked. I, I will play this one because it does have that 60 frame support, so we'll see. I, uh, but I'll be using the 360 controller. I'm not going to be using the keyboard for this. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then we have Mass Effect Andromeda, which we talked about at length. That we did. Um, March 22nd, Tower Defense Fantasy Legends Tower Game. <laughs> is What? Is this this one was the... for me. Fuck you guys. This right. was... <laughs> Why? I love me Tower Defense. This looks extremely similar to Kingdom Rush. It certainly does. I love extremely similar to Kingdom Rush. Uh-huh. Mm. It, it's, right. it's it's cute. Yeah. I I guess. <laughs> Look, I had to I tried to pick all different games, and this one was for me. Screw you guys. This next one looks adorable. March 23rd, yes. Hollow Bunnies Paws Cafe. This is a game that uh Krendor and I played two years ago at PAX South. I love this game. It's it it has this super cute vibe. But it's like a challenging platformer. And uh, it, it, I loved everything about it. It seems like there's some sort of multiplayer involved in it. There's a local. I, there's a local. I don't know that there's a... Yeah, there's no online. It's local yeah. and split screen by the looks of it. Like a brawl. I guess. Seems like it. Hmm. Yep, it's cute. a fun, fun game. Mm-hmm. The next game is Elgotica Iteration 1, an educational adventure puzzle game about programming. Okay. That's why I picked it, because it's like a puzzle, but you're learning to program. That's cool as shit. That sounds cool. It looks gorgeous. Right? Look at that. This Look at one, that aesthetic. This bothers me, because I, I saw this one, too, and I I, I just don't want to play a programming game. Well, it I looks, think that's oh, it looks awesome. It could be so fun. Yeah, they hit it under like an actual real game, but it's like the learning process of programming, which I think... Uh, a lot of kids would probably love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So could be, yeah. There's a couple of games that have tried this and fallen flat on their ass. I remember the debacle we got in Code Hero a while ago, a couple of years back. That never got finished. Yeah. Uh, the next game is called Battle for Orion 2. Okay. It's a space... A space game. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's a, a game... Uh... Yeah, action combined with strategy in what way? It's not the prettiest looking game, but it's uh, certainly uh I agree know, with you on that one. Jam. Mm, I mean usually this is my jam. Um I'm, I'm just trying to find something in this which would make me interested. I tried for you, dude. I tried for it. I tried to think of I appreciate that- the effort. Let me put it did that you, way. Jesse, did you cut train mechanic? I one hundred percent did. <laughs> Sorry, train mechanic. I love you, but I will not promote another train this or train simulator game. I can't do it anymore. I just, <laughs> I just can't. I can't All do right. it. I'm sorry, Sweden, or wherever the fuck those games are very popular. Germany, damn it, Germany. It get it right. March 24th, we have Drums Hero. It's a rhythm game where you play the drums in VR. I think it looks cool. I'm, lo- I'm watching the mixed reality trailer. Oh, God, it's not just that. You're sort of being co- propelled along a track as well in the process. Yeah. Oh, they need to mix this with that headbanging one. Oh, no. Oh that God. sounds like a good way to vomit. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly see the appeal of it. I was a big Guitar Hero fan back in the day. Mm-hmm. I, I could be persuaded to do this. I would probably end up either hitting myself in the knee with the controller yep. or Same. throwing it across the room. 
I think yep. those are both quite those likely are scenarios. Those scenarios I thought of when I was looking at this. Yep. It, it's worse than the Wii because you can't even see what's going on physically. So you can't even be careful. Mm -hmm. The next game is called Demon Heart. A first-person visual novel in a dark fantasy setting. Uh, this is interesting. When I clicked the link, it brought up a white screen that said Forbidden. What? Uh, yeah, that's happened to me before on Steam. Yeah, it's it's up now. Uh, okay. Yeah, first-person visual novel. And you picked this. Why? Uh, because I like the idea that you are a uh, a girl that is trying to get with a sexy demon dude. I think that's very fun. Yeah. Don't don't hate. I think it's fun. It's good art. It's, yeah, the art's great, and uh, you basically look at it like there's horror shit in it. Like it's, mm -hmm. and, and you make you make choices that change the way you play the game. And I want to play as a really really awful woman who bangs a bunch of devil dudes. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Why can't I do that? Yeah. That's, I, I that's think what now we you should do. Truly that's exactly can. what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on to 88 Heroes. Yeah. I heard something about this. It was an interesting idea. It's supposed to be... You you have 88 heroes that all... And eight, there's 88 levels and an 88 minute doomsday clock. And each of the heroes has a specific ability in and of itself. And... The heroes are kind of lives, like when they die, they're gone pretty much forever. So you lose huh. that particular ability and its unique power. Okay. So I was intrigued. I had, I have no idea how it actually plays out. All I know is one of the heroes is in fact a giant fucking guinea pig. And also one of them appears to be the snake from snake. And it moves like <laughs> the snake from snake. I I am horribly confused by it, but extremely intrigued. Yeah, they're all like, there's a panda and there's like a weird ass, like someone who is a firefighter. There's all sorts of great characters in here. You can be a gerbil. Yep. I, in, the, in the ball. Nope. In the ball. Oh, oh, is, oh is he in the ball? Oh, so yeah. there's that too. There's a guinea pig outside of the ball and a gerbil within the ball. So, yeah, there's all these different there's all these different characters. So many layers. Indeed. Yeah, there's all these different characters you can be, and I think it's really super silly and interesting. And the whole point of like when you die, you lose that character is is pretty cool. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'd like to try that. All right. Next up is a zero escape game. Indeed. Which are great. Zero the escape the nonary games. Whatever that means. I think yep. this is supposed to be the release of the uh ones that were Oh, it's oh. it's the ones that were on DS. Because uh, mm -hmm. nine hours, nine doors, nine whatever the fuck it is, is in here by the looks of it. Yeah, nine, 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 nine. Yeah, nine, nine, nine. With all of these games are very highly praised. Mm -hmm. uh, the I think I would probably enjoy them, but they're so puzzle oriented that I that's what kind of concerns me about them. Because they're part visual novel and part basically escape room. You're going to die horribly, sore kind of thing. Yep. I don't know if I'd be a dig with the puzzle aspect of it. I, I, I'm excited. I can't wait to play. Because then I can get back to the other game that I didn't get to play because I was like, I need to play the, the other third one. The third one, yeah. Because they've got yes, virtu they've got Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward here, and then there's the third one that was released before the first two, weirdly enough, yeah. um, So which is uh, Zero Time Dilemma. All of them are very much like. They're weird Spike Chunsoft games. So, you know, if you're into stuff like Danganronpa, then this might be worthy of a look. Hmm. The next one is Mario Sports Superstars for 3DS. 
And um, after that is the cat games for PC. This is for you, Dukes. I, I knew it was. <laughs> You're a cat doing cat stuff. <laughs> I, I'm glad that we have just boiled Dodger down to this simplest of cats and anime. characteristic. <laughs> yeah. This is all you're here for, cats and anime. But yep. look, there's all sorts of fun mini games. And the game says available before Catterday. Yeah. <laughs> you are too easily led by the nose, sir. <laughs> March 25th uh, is the PC version of Steam Rails to Riches. I have yeah. the physical game of this. I've never played it, but it, this oh, game's been... Yeah, it's been around for about six years, won a ton of awards. I might play the digital version because it'll probably teach me how to play the physical version. Bunch of DLC available for it. Apparently you can, there's a there's a zone map for it, supposedly. Oh. Which is kind of neat. But yeah, it's a, it's a board game and a very well-reviewed one at that. The question is whether or not the digital version will be any good. Because historically, we've had a pretty mixed bag in that regard, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, moving on to March 27th, we have Microgons. Jesse, would you like to explain what this game is? I will be honest with you. I saw <laughs> the trailer the and said, this trailer is amazing. And it also kind of reminds me of the game they play in Star Wars. So I was just like, everything about it. I was like, you know what? I don't know what the hell is going on. And I really should just delete you from this list. But fuck it, you're in. You've <laughs> charmed me. You I'm, won me over. I'm I'm in on this. Like right? this looks really interesting. Bad. Yeah, you you know you build a a team of these little polygon monsters, and they each have different abilities, and you play it out on a kind of chessboard thing. I would play this. It's suit like it. The trailer has this weird, charming quality to it. It got me. That's how you make a trailer for your weird game. Seems like <laughs> it'd be a good tablet game. Yeah, I agree. Mm. All right. Uh, what else the we next got? one is Therian Saga, an MMO that tries to stand out of the crowd by offering a compelling storytelling. <laughs> and that's right. Well, that's okay. uh, not a good start to that. But surrounded by massive mathematical sets of rules that define the world your hero will evolve in. It could be said that it borrows elements from old-time mud games, strategy games, and even tabletop RPGs. That sounds hella ambitious. This right, looks interesting, is... though. Looking at the the thumbnails yeah i'm yeah i'm now looking at the, the like what's actually happening in the game and this is not your regular mmo at no. all apparently it's been available for ages as well this is a steam release of a game that came out five years ago and has been updated wow. ever since hmm. it's an asynchronous game oh interesting so he you your hero does shit while you're offline as well cool huh. so yeah you can set him to do stuff like sleeping partying working I'm interested. Like, it, it seems like an evolution of those old browser games. Mm. But I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I'll, I'll, I'm interested, sure. Yeah. Our final game for the day is Operation Abyss, New Tokyo Legacy. It's a... Is it a no, visual novel? I don't know. No, I think it's a... Bra bra brawler is it a brawl? It's, it's like rpg kind of but we oh it's a it's a japanese dungeon crawler which is actually there is a name for that now i just can't fucking remember what it is uh yeah so it it's one of those first person move a square kind of dungeon crawler games 
the ultimate underworld and yes very much so but it's a, it's a japanese version of that so there's sure. some there's some anime bs going on in here there's not a lot of gameplay in this trailer i certainly wish that there was uh it's the same people who made psychopaths that- oh the psychopaths game that wasn't a very mm-hmm. good game unfortunately uh but yeah you're fighting wasn't there a game you played was it tales of something city whatever that you played a while ago that was kind of like this on my desktop still somewhere yeah, yeah no, that you did not have a good time Boy, with did i hate that game yeah <laughs> yeah it seems like there's there's some of that going on with it but yeah it's it's a, it's a j dungeon crawler is well, it worth mentioning big dlc yeah is there anything Dark particularly Souls large three. Oh, the new Dark Souls 3 DLC is out. All right. Oh. Ring Ring City on the 27th. Right. Monday. Good to know. Yeah, I think that's about it, isn't it? From what I can tell. If we missed anything, don't think so. And if we did, you can blame Jesse for taking a hatchet to the goddamn thing. It felt it's his good, fault. guys. Felt it's his fault this good. week. It'll be my fault next week. We rotate out. That's just the way of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. I think we're about done. So we'd love to tell you what's coming up over the next few weeks on our channel. We'll start with our guest, Tarmac, again. Thank you very much for taking your time to be on the show today. What is going on on your channel? What do you do? Where can we find you? Well, thank you for having me. Um, of course. I do streaming once a week, Wednesday nights, 7 to 9, give or take. Um, I'm on uh, twitch.tv slash Gaming. Tomorrow I'm going to be playing a little bit of Rain World, uh, which doesn't come out until next week oh yeah i played say, a bit of is that pants. out it's close. No, it's close no it's not but the streaming and uh and let's play and stuff embargo is is up already it's just the review stuff isn't right well yeah dodger wants to get on that i mean you've, yeah, you've exactly. done hollow night now you have no excuse for so long. get on it uh most of the content that i do youtube.com slash the gnome cast um i have a review for thimbleweed park on the 30th um I do feature creep. Again, we talked a little bit at the beginning. It's sort of a 10 minute editorial on game industry topics. Um, I Friday is when I'm going to put the next one up and I'm going to talk about Nintendo. Um, I had done a news video based on their live stream event for the switch. And they hit me with about five different content ID matches. And yep. I've been fighting them for several months. Don't uh, and put, just don't cover Nintendo. It's not worth the trouble. They're assholes. I, they are I assholes. I agree. But after several months of fighting them, I have won all of those disputes. Um, and so I'm going to do another little chat on Nintendo and how they are intentionally, because they're doing this on purpose. Make no mistake, this is not an accident. This is not a, a cost of doing business. They're doing this on purpose. Of course. Um, so we're going to chat about that. And every Sunday, uh, I do a news wrap up. It's a sort of a news, like a monologue from a, a late night talk show. A little bit of news, a little bit of snark. Um, and uh, we get through the news of the week this week might be a little lightness less something actually happens but you know mm-hmm. that's the way it goes um so thank you very much dodger jesse tb for having me on of course um, again, thank you for pleasure, man youtube.com slash the gnomecast at gnomecast on twitter and tarmac gaming on twitch it has been a pleasure guys excellent jesse what you got for us oh my god <laughs> uh much like uh this past week i you're gonna get what you're gonna get <laughs> everything that you're getting has already been pre-recorded uh i literally we are in pre-production of this youtube red show so next week we start filming and so i am zero free time jesse over here but uh everything is uh, more scary game squad and, and we're gonna finally finish dishonored and uh 
uh, in the free time that I have, we'll stream with my Bayloy and uh, we'll keep that going. But well, thank you for your patience, and I'll be back to 100 soon. Dodger, what you got for us? She's muted. There we <laughs> I go. muted myself. Sound Sorry. silence, Hi, apparently. Everybody. Uh, I stream most days on twitch.tv slash Dexbonus. I do anime and gaming news. We've also started our new show called Box Talk, which is where Sam and I open different subscription boxes. We don't accept them for free. We don't accept money to open them, and we won't share affiliate codes. We try to be as non-biased as possible, and it's very silly, and we have a lot of fun. So I would love it if you would watch the first I episode I like their wine box. <laughs> Your wine box is my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's, there you go. Now you know one of the ones that's coming up. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to spoil it. I drank them all, guys. Every single oh, one. Oh, my God. Um, and, yeah, as for today, I'll be doing more Final Fantasy fourteen on stream with my cousin Tiri. Uh, that'll be in a little under an hour, I believe. And for Manga Pod tonight, if you like manga and you want to go watch a manga book club that we do live on my channel as well, we're reading one about sumo wrestling, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> really good so yeah that's it thanks guys cool as for me still working on both mass effect near automata stuff i think it's quite likely that over the next couple of days you'll get a video on multiplayer and hopefully on single player by the end of the week having pretty much finished eos i want to do basically at least one more planet at which point i think i'll feel confident enough to say yeah this is my first impressions that i you know i'm confident as to how i think feel about this kind of game the multiplayer i already know that I like that. You know, there's definitely some issues with it. And I'll talk about those too. And Nier, of course, I want to finish a bare minimum of one playthrough of that and then get well into a second one to see how it changes the game. So I'm working on that as well. There is a ton of other little stuff that's flying our way that I'd really love to cover as to whether or not I get the time to do that. Well, that is a different matter entirely. I'll be headed over to the West Coast at the end of this month for reasons unknown. But that will only be for a couple of days, so not too much to worry about there. And we're streaming on a relatively regular basis these days over here at twitch.tv slash TotalBiscuit. If you happen to miss Shoutcraft Kings, which was the tournament that went live on Saturday, which was a phenomenal tournament, probably one of the best we've ever had. Really great games across the board. Head on over to my StarCraft channel. That's at youtube.com slash TotalBiscuit. That is youtube.com slash TotalBiscuit. And that's where I keep all the VODs. They're all spoiler-free, so if you missed the whole cast, not a big deal. Or you can watch the whole thing unedited if you happen to be a subscriber to our Twitch channel. That VOD's been up for a while. There's also VODs of Mass Effect that have not been uploaded by the unofficial channel that grabs my VODs and uploads them after a couple of days. So if you want to watch some Mass Effect and me playing it, then it's there. And one last thing. We know who the guest will be for next week, in fact. So we'll be going at the same time, 3 p.m. Eastern, as always, here on Tuesdays on twitch.tv slash TotalBiscuit. You may recognize the face of this man because he's perhaps become a little bit internet famous with this particular face right here. Some will immediately know who he is. Some may very well just have seen the meme. He is the man, the meme, the legend. Mr. Drew Scanlon will be on the show next week nice. to talk about his brand new project, Cloth Map, which is his travel series through the lens of video games. Of course, he has been part of the, well, he's now ex-Giant Bomb, was a great part of their crew for a while. Very much looking forward to having him on the show. And hopefully there will be expressions just like that. Let's just put it that way. 
It's going to be a good show. It will be 3 p.m. Eastern on the Tuesday, same time as always, twitch.tv. It, oh, is it still on the screen? It's still on the screen. I'm not going to let it go away. I could I could even make it bigger if you want. Shall I make it bigger? There we go. Let's just, let's just cover, cover a bit more of our faces. There we go. That will be happening. Yep. Cool. Yep. Perfect. Ho hope this should be a wonderful show. I'm looking forward to that one a great deal. That's us done, folks. Thank you very much for watching the Corruptional Podcast. Big thanks to our guest today, Tarmac. Find him over at youtube.com slash thegnomecast. Go and watch his stuff. It's great. It's worthy of your time. And we probably aren't, but you're going to watch us anyway. We know we've got you. We've got you. <laughs> thanks a lot for watching, folks. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.